The Unorthodox Haven will cover a wide range of topics to offer unique perspectives pushing back on conventional wisdom. We hope to inspire self-discovery over emulation. We believe you should think outside the box, regardless of what it looks or sounds like to others. Here at Unorthodox Haven, there is no right or wrong answer, just your own unique perspective. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself. You know what I mean? Let everybody know who you are, what you do. Um, just kind of lay it out for everybody who you are before, you know what I mean? We get into talking and all that. All right. Peace and blessings, everybody. Kevin the Moose Anderson, host, creator, producer of the world famous Lessons in Jazz series. Also, the, uh, you know, at least for the past 17 years, operations and program director at Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Hampton University's award-winning radio station. Uh, what else I need to say, man? Uh, <laughs> Shit, I don't know, man. You got all the accolades, man. You've been in this game for a long time, bro. I mean, we done made a few trips around the sun doing radio. It's taught me a, it's taught me a couple of things. Changed the lens in which I look at life. Yeah, and and what in what way? All right, so you what know, was the biggest way? I would I would guess. So something I heard from a couple of my gray hairs that do radio. That I'm starting to see now, you know, is uh, so in twenty in July 2020, mm-hmm. I was laid off. The, the university did some what they call retention, or re, I can't think of the term they use, but mm-hmm. you know, as black folks, yeah, you, yeah, you was laid off. Yeah, you, know you out there, I mean? you ain't working no more. And so a lot of my old, a couple of my old head radio guys would always say, radio is not a profession that you retire from. It's something that you springboard into something else. Hmm. And like whatever talents that you have that, you know what I mean, you, you honed in on while you were on the air and hmm. active in radio, hmm. they're going to most likely be the job skills that land you, you know, the job that you hmm. want. Yeah, stuff. I, I, I think every job, should you should look go into every job with that, that mind frame. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being... Uh, operations and program director at a radio station on a college campus, you know, for probably 30, 30, 35 semesters, somewhere up in there. I, taught, I was the practicum head. I taught a practicum. It was a. Uh, what well, no, so was practicum? So it was a class called uh, journalism. Matter of fact, man, hold on one minute. We yeah. get the exact thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. sure it is yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, definitions matter, man. Words matter. Yeah, it does. It does, man. So uh, hold on, bear with me. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was the instructor for this class called uh, Jack Journalism 340 News Writing and Production. Okay. And so, you know, you can't really learn radio. Mm-hmm. In a classroom, fact you okay. need to have a broadcast facility to learn. To learn, fact, and so the rest with the radio station served as, and okay. so for this class, you know, I would identify voice talent. Okay, uh, I would identify people with with, with certain talents that you use in radio. Hmm. That's pretty dope. And so the practicum would be them coming into the station basically half of the semester and producing a five-minute newscast Monday through Friday. So, you know, they had to operate under a deadline. You had different positions that were rotated every week or on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, You had to know how to record. Mm 
You had to know how to edit, take sound bites, mm-hmm. uh, convert from MP3, MP4 mm-hmm. to MP3, mm-hmm. that, that, that kind of technical stuff. Yeah, what, what, what? And so, you know, it may seem simple. Sometimes, you know, the students would mess up the newscast, you know what I mean? And we we had to have a couple of come to Jesus meetings. But, mm-hmm. you know, you give them some time and you you recognize when you have your teaching points. Mm-hmm. Your I teaching agree. opportunities like, you, know, you don't want to do it like this, you want to do it like that, or not stopping them while they're on the air. Yeah, kind of let them... Letting them finish. Work through and it. And then bringing it to their attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you always record it. Because the tape don't lie. The tape don't lie, yeah. Well, yeah, the tape don't lie. So, I mean, shit, so... What 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 was the... Like, being in that space, like... Uh, okay, well, first of all, was it more black people? Or was it was it diverse? Or what? There's an HBCU. So, okay. you know what I mean? There's a lot of folks that look like you it's, and me. So, what was the... Uh, what was the best part of that, though? I mean, like, I guess in hindsight now, but you know what I mean? I learned from the students. Hmm. I learned how to, because, you know, during this time, I went back to school. Mm-hmm. I learned how to study from the students. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I learned how to get the books you need for class without paying for them. Uh, I see. Valuable. Uh, and then it's, it, I learned music from them, you know, for my student workers and, and the students who were volunteering at the radio station, one of the things that they had to do, uh, requirement was uh, produce a homecoming spot. Hmm. So, you know, that's six days of an event, mm-hmm. uh, a, a concert. They had to produce a spot for the concert. So that's multiple elements that you're using. That's pretty yo. That's that's crazy. I wish I would have experienced that before I got on this route. You know man, I mean? look, man, I learned... YouTube the MP3 converters from the students. <laughs> I use that shit all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of that. Like a lot of that shit. I just be. I mean, that shit is internet, man. You know, I, I grew up in the. I grew up uh, not old. Yeah, I mean, you young. right, you right, you right on the cusp. Yeah, right? I'm right, right on the cusp. Well, I got you graduated uh, high 2000, school 2002. Yeah, so, so I'm 37 figure, now. So think, you know, there were computers when you went to high school. In yeah, more than, in yeah, more than yeah. one classroom. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. It, it was a new thing, but it, you're right. Yeah. It was there because I, I was in middle school. That was Oregon Trail. Did you remember Oregon Trail? Played that at elementary school. Yeah, yeah. That I was middle school. That on the floppy disk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So floppy you, disk. I remember you seen that shit. It change. I mean, I, I learned the digital uh, editing programs from the students. Right. So you 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 learn more than you think you learn more than than you taught them. It's balance, you know. What I mean, it got to be balanced to the two te- teacher-student relationship. Hmm. Do you think a lot of teachers look at it like that, though? I mean, the good ones, the ones that recognize the process, understand that they they can learn from their students. You know what I mean? You 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 get a you get a fresh set of energy. Yeah, you know I mean, because they are the freshmen gonna come in with new ideas, a new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, new technologies, you know, me and one of the guys I used to work with, we, we would sit back some time and just talk about the progression of things in the modern world, you know, like from when we first started, late 90s, early 2000s, once we would get, you know, our trainee class of people who were going to learn, uh, we would tell them bring their favorite CD, and probably by 04, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, 05. You'd be people in the class like, well, I didn't bring no CDs to school with me. 
Mm. All the music is on my iPod or yeah. my MP3 player. Yeah, yeah. So that and, that was yeah. your gig. We like, oh, well, yeah. They taught you all that about. Yeah, man, that's, that's dope. Yeah. You know, it's like I gotta, like when it comes to like teachers, anybody. I, yeah, I got a high respect for teachers, but it's like I wonder, like, what's the balance? Like, you know what I mean? Because being a teacher, I would feel like on any level. Because matter of fact, the last podcast, or maybe like two podcasts ago. A good friend of mine in in Charleston, South Carolina. Matter of fact, she uh she teaches in Daniel's Island, so it's a very um, um, not an upper class, but maybe upper class kind of neighborhood where she teaches. And she teaches like young kids, you know what I mean. And she just left the school system, you know what I mean. She just stepped away from it, and we was having a conversation about teaching, and 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 I, it's always a good perspective to hear teachers. You know what I mean about teaching when, when you know what I mean like uh, how to reach kids. I think y'all got the most valuable knowledge on how we should teach our own kids. Like you know what I mean, like we should you gotta have be able insight. to relate to them, man. You know, and they see it, it starts real early. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta lay your law down early, but then it's like you know. So at the radio station, if if we put up flyers all around campus saying we're we're having a meeting for people that want to join the radio station, if you're mm-hmm. interested in joining the radio station. And on that flyer, we say, free pizza. Mm-hmm. One person is going to come there looking for that pizza. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that pizza there, you a liar. Valid. And so, you know, you, you got you to gotta be truthful to them, and then they got to know that you care. Mm. And they know you care by the tone of your voice, uh, how you interact with them, your whole aura and your energy. They know if you care. Mm. Cause you could tell everything when you were young. You knew if somebody cared. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Fact. You know, it's like um. So, what, where, where do you find the balance between like the shit that, the the things that you know what I mean come up with these kids right when you? Cause I'm pretty sure it's a battle sometimes. You know what I mean? Dealing with all these different personalities, you know what I mean, from different backgrounds, different family, different upbringings, you know what I mean, and they come in there, they might want to operate differently than how you normally operate just your your space, you know what I mean? So how do you balance that, like, the shit that just doesn't go, goes against your moral, your moral compass, you know what I mean, but still keep them gloves on them and, and care, you know what I so, mean? So, you know, this is my first year in public education. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still, I'm learning on the fly. Uh, but, you know, the things that I learned on the college side is, uh, yeah, I would often tell the students, I'm hard, but I'm fair. And what I mean by hard is if you say you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. If you take something from somewhere, put it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If If you don't know how to verbally communicate with people and work with people, I'm going to tell you about that. I'm fair in that, you know, if you're trying to study abroad mm-hmm. and I recognize this is something that you're trying to do, mm-hmm. I go the extra mile for you. What? Uh, I'm fair in that if you prove that you're worthy to think at the radio station, we had over half a million dollars worth of equipment. Okay. So if you prove you're worthy to be in this, this space mm-hmm. with no supervision, I pay you. What? Valid. That's fair. Yeah, fair. Fair. Work. I think that the, the hardest part, man, is, is communication. You know what I mean? Like figuring out a way to communicate because what you say to somebody else, they might take it differently yeah, than, than that, how you say it. And, and, and you know, uh, they, 
you have to you have to learn tone mm-hmm. and how you communicate to people. And, it, and it, is it per person? It, it got to be per person though. You know, gen- it, generically, I speak to everybody on the third grade level initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the more we talk and interact, I see. You know what I mean? Where you're coming from, mm-hmm. your your vocabulary usage, your edu- what you've been exposed to, then we'll progress. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, like on the radio, you speak on a third grade level. I mean, you can use some big words every now and again yeah. and, and, and stretch it out. But, you know, think, being mm-hmm. on doing a jazz show, mm-hmm. there were people who listened to me who went to went to work in shirt and tie with a jacket, as well as people who went to work with a uniform on and got dirty. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to isolate either or. So you had to be broad enough to capture both audiences both yeah. sides you know what I mean and you know what's crazy because I, I, I find that's a balance I, I, I deal with now on the production side of shit you know what I mean when I produce these podcasts how to let people talk freely but also keep them within the range to appeal to you know what I mean to not be a polarizing figure in the, in the circles where I want them to thrive at if that makes sense man best thing people can do as far as learning how to verbally express yourself, is to read out loud as much as possible, get used to hearing your own voice, mm-hmm. and then talk to people. Talk when and when you talk to people, have a conversation with them. Learn how to listen. Word. I got an old head I always be like, you know, the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. Word. <laughs> you be like, what that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you need to listen yeah. twice as much as you talk. Mm-hmm. Word. I agree. If you listen, you know what I mean. People will tell you what, what's going on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. How they feel, and you you can get all of that in how they communicate to you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. The tone, the tempo, mm-hmm. the texture of they they words. You know, a good example. I would always uh, give the the students a couple of examples. Uh, one would be. Uh, and mostly all of them have been in this situation before. They out party or something, and they hear somebody say, "What's up, nigga?" Mm-hmm. Versus they hear some, at same same location, they hear somebody say, "What's up, nigga?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a big difference they, in those two right there. Valid. Yeah, you got to know how to hear that shit. Word, yeah, huge difference in those two. You know what I mean? You got to know how to read that street smart. That's why I said when we said the thing earlier about. Air Force guys being smart people, I'm like, eh, like a lot of them guys ain't the smartest. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of them guys, yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah, they yeah. don't know that. They could be in a room where they could, I hear that and I'd be like, whoa, hey, something to, you know what I'm saying? I'll be on alert. But they probably just be like, you know it, what was I mean? it's it was situation awareness, man. You mm-hmm. know, um, thank for the students who were involved in the radio space, station, especially. You know, during the time we were playing bumpy bump music, think, man, you know, as advisors of the radio, we were taking students to the club. We would have club college night at the club. Hmm. So, you know, it was important if they wanted to get in the radio to know the mechanics of how a club night worked, the door, mm-hmm. the bar. I ain't talking about getting drinks, but, you know, the split on the yeah, bar, how to host a party. Hmm. They gotta know all the ins and outs. Yeah, that's you know if this is what you want to do, this is that's part of the predict. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the the requirements of that. Mm-hmm. And I so do. you know, it, it put us a lot of times in in unique situations with the students. And you know, one of the warming things to my heart is for 
those who who passed through WHOV who went on to do great things come back and tell you the simple things like you know y'all believed in me you gave me my first shot on the air you let me mess up on the air and you didn't fire me you know what i mean you let me grow yeah let them grow let them let them come into their own still with some structure and some organization but allow them to grow within that and you know other things because you got to think you know we were a college station that played jazz. So if you start, you know, your first year at the radio station, sometimes your second year at the radio station, mm-hmm. you will be doing jazz. So that's 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds doing jazz. Doing jazz, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, they, a lot of them hated it. I can imagine. I was and, about to say, like, how do you how do you break that that mind, that mind, I mean, that, um, that this still, like, nah, I don't want to do that, like, you know what I mean, just well, man, so against it. So, you know, uh, a lot of times when you would go to the park to play basketball, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be your ball that you played with. What? You played with somebody else's ball. So if mm-hmm. you play with their ball, it's their rules. Okay. That was our ball. Mm. You know, you're not, you know, what if they would have to tell the students, you're not going to go nowhere. You're not going to go to a job and tell them what to do. Word. You're going to be back at home. Straight up. So you, you recognize the opportunity, you get in where you fit in, mm-hmm. and your, your your opportunities will come from there. Right. But yeah, try, but a lot of them will come back and be like, well, you know, that time I hated playing jazz, but I heard this song on a job interview, and I knew who it was, and the guy interviewing me liked jazz too, and he talked about how he saw this person, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I knew these names. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? It it be it broadens their horizon. Word, that's that's love. That's you peace. give you giving them some. It's like you you giving them some seeds mm-hmm. that's gonna grow into some fruit many yep. many years down the line, and, and, and it's it's gonna sprout some fruit. I mean, that's gonna feed them down the line. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, listen, I, I'm saying listening because everything you you saying is is how I think and how I agree with. I can't even like you know what I mean. There's I, I have no pushback on none of that shit because me traveling the world made me realize that. You know what I mean, once I got out and experienced how other people was living, you know what I mean, even more so me going back to the country back then. You know what I mean, when I got when I started going to different countries and different states and then different cities, seeing how people live, and I how saw they people get live, and that's how they get down and just it shifted my whole perspective of like, yo, why am I? You know what I mean? Why am I? Why am I stressed about this? Why am I ready to do this? And then it took me shit. It took me a long ass time to really realize like how a lot of that shit came from just a trauma, just being in this neighbor, being in this vicinity. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like them them un untreated traumas that we, you know what I mean, we just kind of go through life, you know what I mean, and kind of just, yeah, because it's, it's like when you get older, like, oh, if somebody say this to me, I'm probably going to slap the shit out of them, you know what I mean, but when you when you break that shit down, the act of violence behind words, like, you know what I mean, it ain't the smartest shit, because you can, I put hands on somebody, like, and you might end up in the hospital, you know what I mean, I might end up in jail, I might lose time, I might lose money, and then at the end of that shit, we all be looked back and like, no, that shit won't worth it, so... You know what I mean? Me even being able to have that mind frame in the, in the get-go from the start, be like, yo, if you do this, I'll do this. It's just a blind, it's a, you know what I mean, unpack years later that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's whack that I even, my mind frame would even go there and risk everything. You know what I mean? Willing to crash over words, essentially. You know what I mean? But I was bred that way. You know what I mean? This era, you, you, you know what I mean? Your word is your bond. And, and, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of like, it, 
and you would die over your word. Like, you know what I mean? Like, most situations, most altercations was behind words or miscommunication of words. You know what I mean? You say something out of emotion, and you don't really feel that way. You're just expressing your emotions in that moment, and you don't know how no other way to express them shits. But to get violent or say some shit to disrespect me or you you hurt, so you want to hurt me more. You know what I mean? And just all these words, we throw each other, and we let that shit crank us up. To pull a gun on them all, you know what I mean? Willing to fight, and if you get beat up, then somebody might. And it's, you know what I mean? Once you once you step outside of that world, once I stepped outside of that world, I realized how toxic that shit was, and how toxic that thinking was. And then you know what I mean? Especially when I was in communities where they don't think like that at all. It's like they no, they they're like yeah, what's you know what I'm saying? Like they, they look at me like what, what kind of what you want? Relax, it ain't that deep. Like you know what I mean? And then once I'm like oh. This ain't, you know what I'm saying? Once you, you realize get your it, bearings, right? you get your bearings and shit, and then you start, you start checking yourself. You start checking your, your own biases and shit like, Look, man, That's why I stopped listening to, you know, he asked me about hip-hop. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's why I stopped. Hmm. Because the, because of the, messaging. The culture, that's what it breeds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say breeds. It promotes that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I battle with that whole shit with music and hip-hop because the messaging. It's like, look, I, 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 li- I like hip-hop. I came from it. You know what I mean? Like, I respect it as because it sounds good. It's sonically pleasing to my ears. Like, you know what I mean? That, oh, yeah. I mean, I still love some boom and bap. You but, know what I mean? But the messaging behind the, 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 the gang culture and the killing and, and the lack today, like, you know what I mean? It's a checking moment. Like, damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? That shit is uh, I shit rough on my conscience because, I, you know, especially when you had kids, your whole perspective shifts. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit, like, you start valuing things. You start viewing the world a little different. You know what I mean? Things become a little, you know what I mean? Certain shit that was one thing before, you know what I mean? Now it's just polarizing like, damn. Like, bitches ain't shit but hoes and trick you through my shit back then. Now I look at it, I hear it different. You know what I mean? Now I look at it and think about that man that has that mentality of treating a woman like that and then treat my daughter like that. And what, you know what I'm saying? And then so that shit just shifts my perspective and my it's bias. It's called growth, man. Yeah. That's you know really man, it. That's man. that's growth all the way. You know, I applaud you for that. You know, uh, you got to be aware of what you consume, and that's mm-hmm. just not eating. Yep, everything, every everything you consume. Whether you watch it, I remember years ago, my man. He he don't think like this anymore. This is when we was younger. Well, not even younger. It was years ago, but we had a conversation. He was like, he watched a lot of fight videos on on Facebook and shit. Like, you know, everybody getting an altercation, niggas getting beat up, people getting jumped and shit. And I would tell him, like, yo, son, you got to start watching that shit, yo. He's like, that shit ain't affecting me. I'm like, yeah, that shit is affecting you, yo. I'm like, I'm like, if you get in a situation, right, and where you probably need to keep your cool, you know what I mean, and, you, and you're in a situation where it's time to fight, what do you think your first, your first reaction going to be? Fight. Fight. You're going to go do some dumb shit. You're going to crash. You're going to go out and crash. And then we, as men, we can sit here and say, like, Yo, ain't no man worth me crashing out here, especially for food in my stomach, because I might hurt you, I might kill you by accident. Like, we might be fighting, and I might just snap your neck on some humbug shit. Now I'm in jail. You know what I mean? Now I'm fucked up. Felonies. Yeah, now I'm in the system where they want me at, you know what I'm saying? And then they can run, they can run me ragged for the next <laughs> couple of years. So it's like, and then I can look like, damn, man, that shit won't even worth it. Like, you know what I mean? And so just having that mentality now is like, yo, why we, why we so prone to crash? You know what I mean? And it's what we consume. It's what, what we, we consume, consume in our daily universes, and what we consume in our music, and what we consume in our media. You know what I mean? And media is a big one, like even more over music. The portrayal of every aspect of life in media 
is, is a play on fuck is is, is play on all of us. The portrayal of the, the law system on TV, the portrayal of police on TV. How many police show they are? A good billion. Uh, millions of you know what I mean. So many of them, and all ninety eight percent of them portray cops as the good guys. Even if they're doing bad shit, they're doing it for a good reason. You know what I'm saying? And we all know that that ain't really the reality of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And even reality TV. You look at these celebrities, reality TV ain't really reality. You know what I'm saying? When you got to be like, hey, let's do that again. That's not reality. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you got to say, hey, let's get another angle. We can, we can walk behind you this time when you're walking in. That's not reality. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's produced at that point. But a lot of people look at it as reality and things that they value, you know what I'm saying, becomes what they see on media. And it's not tangible with real life. At all. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's the shit I really, you know what I mean, that, that bugs me out, man. It just That shit just fuck with me inside. Like, especially now I got to, you know what I mean, responsibility. I feel, I like feel you wholeheartedly, man. You know, my, my, my volunteering with uh, the youth mm-hmm. uh, really... That, that that really turned my stomach to, to the rap music. And it was things that I saw early on, but, you know, I was still young in the mind. Mm. And so, you know, I just, uh, I wouldn't say I dismissed it because I still remember it, mm. but it didn't affect me on a level as my mind started to evolve. And, and you know, to give you a couple of examples, uh, I, uh, I created these courses in Newport News and they're... Uh, Parks and Recreation Department. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a Radio 101 course. She basically taught, you know, these were junior high, some early high school students. Mm-hmm. All the positions at the radio station, we made. they made a mock radio station. They weren't allowed to play hip-hop. It was jazz and gospel, you know what I mean, mirrored after what we were doing at WHOV. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of the highlights of the... Uh, program was we would go to other radio stations and so you know I took the the, the kids over to uh, it was Clear Channel at the time I Heart Media now and uh, my man DJ B was on he was doing 7 to 10 okay and uh, not 6 to 10 and this particular day uh, Juicy J was coming to town and it was around the time he had the song called Bands Make Her Dance mm-hmm. And so, you know, the kids were doing, like, the top eight at eight. Hi, I'm Justin, the fifth grader, and the seventh song for the night is such and such. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we finished up. It was a great show, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Be like it. People were calling in, you yeah. know what I mean? All of that. And so we were having a little question and answer session with DJ B. And this little boy, man, he raised his hand, and I think he was maybe in the seventh or eighth grade. And he was like... DJ, uh, he was like, Mr. Moose, will you and DJ B drink lean with Juicy J when he come to town? <laughs> like that, another episode, straight, man. Straight face? Straight face. Straight face, straight face, straight face. You know, man, for about 10 years, I volunteered at this uh, elementary school mm. in Hampton. And I would work with their audio class. They're basically the students who did the morning announcements. Mm. And so, you know, it was set up. They come out of the station for a couple of hours. I would record them, a question and answer session, you know what I mean? Give them some encouragement. And so, you know, one of the fifth graders, this was probably 05, 
mm-hmm. 06. And uh, one of the fifth graders raised his hand and was like, well, who have you met famous? And, you know, you know, being in radio, you meet a ton of people that's famous. But recently I had just, uh, we had did a, a, a promo with, with 50 Cent. Okay. So I was like, 50 Cent. <coughs> and look, he asked me, did 50 Cent let you see his gun? Sheesh. Yeah. How, how, how'd you even respond to that? Uh, I was shocked. It, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. And you know what I mean? That's when I realized my sensitivity to that type of thing had increased. Mm. Like if I see somebody playing, you know, the cussing rap music around old folks, mm. my skin crawl. Mm. If you had the light, somebody pull up to you bumping, you know, the music, they killing, mm. sucking dicks, all of that shit. Yeah. And it's a little kid in the backseat. My skin crawl. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, it bugs me out too, cause I, I, I pull up to the light sometime and you see kids rapping some of the wildest lyrics, and the grown ups in the front just rapping with them. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know what you saying? Like, I didn't come up in. I didn't come up playing hip hop with cussing around, cussing in it around my parents. Or you came from the era like I was strictly. Man, my mom, you know what, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a homie, man. Shout out to my man, Doug. We came up together. He mm-hmm. did that. And it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Y'all never forget, this was, I'm in high school, and I remember uh, going to his house. Mm-hmm. Front door, we in the south, front door open, you know what I mean? Screen door closed, you know what I mean? His mom and that chain crocheting. Yeah. And he listening to Niggas for Life by N.W.A. And you looking like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? <laughs> So as I got older, that you know what, that'd be a conversation start I would have with people. Like, yo, man, did you listen to music with cuss words and around your parents? Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the people's responses would be crazy. Yeah, I had people like, hell no, what the hell I want to do that for? Yeah, wait, wait, I wouldn't wait. be here talking to you now if yeah. I did something like that. Yeah. And I would meet people that did, you know what I mean? So everybody got their own comfort zone with it. Mm-hmm. But just for me personally, mm-hmm. can't roll like that. You know, like I, I kinda I kinda came from the same thing, like now I mean the whole cursing in the music, like we wasn't putting playing that foul stuff around my parents either. But you know what you know what shifted my perspective on that is one year I went to um I, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna be specific on the place because then you know, people are gonna put two and two together. But so I, I had a client one time, right? And um I met their kid. And the kid was twelve year old girl, right? Uh Caucasian. You know what I'm saying? Um and she was really into hip hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where she was rapping and cursing every word in front of her pops, right? So now, mind you, like me, when you a kid that young, you ain't about to be out here rapping and cursing all that crazy you shit. Get like knocked that. in the mouth. Yeah, it was a, and it was a culture shock to me. So I'm standing there and I'm like, yo, whoa, man, like, this shit kind of crazy, you know what I mean? But it's, the, it's, it's their life. Now, as time went on, right? I got to know these people. What I realized is that the way the the reason that her dad is like that is because he wants to be strictly open. You know what I mean? All the way open and let her be her full self, right? And what I what I found value when when the shit when it actually hit me, I was like, oh shit, because now she as I was I known her for years at this point, and now she would go to him and say anything and won't hold back anything he can communicate with his daughter so much better because she ain't afraid to say nothing because he never 
restricted her saying mm. anything from a certain thing. And so the the relationship they got, bro, I envy it because I, I see that shit. I'm like, damn, like you know what I mean. And and it's based on that little that little shit that made me just my, shifted my whole perspective. My homie Doug, man, you know his mom used to let him listen to that. Mm-hmm. She would let us smoke weed mm-hmm. and drink in the crib, right? Mm. And I never forget she told my mom. I want to see what them little niggas act like when they drunk and high in my house first before they out there in the world. Word. I would much rather them do that here mm-hmm. than be out in the street and catch a catch a case or yes. something like that. And yep. kind of shift it. You know, my mom's train of thought. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My mom's was old. Yeah, literally, like, my mom was down there old enough to be my best friend's mom, mom. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 that's crazy. So, yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? There was an eight, I think it was maybe about 15 years, mm. 15, 16 years, something like that. So, yeah, it. I don't know, man. I was just blessed to grow up in one of those households, and those kind of morals I identify with now. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, like, I, I agree with that, and I identify with those same morals, but meeting somebody, and I was this, you know what I'm saying, like, I've known them for years at this point, but... I was I was grown at the time, you know what I'm saying, and it and it pushed back on how I felt about shit because I ain't know how to feel. And then once I got the little little girl, I realized where her heart was, and she a good person. Like she, you know what I mean, like how she thinks, like outside of all that hip hop and her cursing and all the other shit, her mind frame and the shit that she had aspirations to do. Like I like you know what I mean. I respect the fuck out that shit because she's a great person inside. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. And what that and so it allowed me to separate. For one, it went against my moral code hearing her being that young and repeating, them repeating that kind of shit. And with and not even just the lyrics, just how she talked in general. She would talk, she would say anything at any time. In my mind, I'm like, you way too young to be having that kind of conversation. But he wanted that openness. And now she would come tell him anything and not hold anything back. And their level of communication... From a father to daughter, I think, you know what I mean? I think that shit is so valuable. You know what I mean? And it's that one thing, and then it made me realize, like, damn. Mate, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that it? Or the way we, the, the mentality we have is that restricting kids from saying these curse words or having access to this stuff, is there value in just giving it up? Because we all know that most, most of us run to the shit that's shielded from us. Or yeah. that's what pumps our adrenaline the most. Whatever you say we can't do, it's like, I want to go do that then. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to do the shit I have access to do because I did that shit 20 times already in two weeks. You feel me? Now I want to go do some shit I can't do. And so since we know that, once you just give it up, it, it's not a thrill anymore. So once you get of age, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I ain't tripping over no sex. You talk, you, you 16 years old just talking about sex. Like, man, that shit ain't nothing to me. I think about that, like, drinking when I got to college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was meeting a lot of folks who, you know, their first time getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Was in college, what? learning the rules of mixing light and dark liquor. In college, in college, you know what I mean. So, Not as a teenager where you can like stumble your way through it. You might really fuck up. <laughs> you an adult now. You might hop in the car. Yeah, you got yeah. keys, yeah. and you might make a real fucked up decision. Yeah, true. So yeah, you know, um, every you know most people are born in the situations that are like meant for them. You may not understand it mm-hmm. to the end sometimes. Yeah, I agree. But you know what I mean? You're you born in a situation that's meant for you. Uh, and you, you got to have an open mind because it ain't about, you know, like I was telling the students, it ain't about what you want to do. It's what you, what you know how to do. 
It ain't what you want to do is what you know how to do. Yeah, what you, yeah. Hmm. So think, you're going to go to a company, a job, mm-hmm. and say, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. They're not going to listen to you. But if you go to a company and say, this is what I know how to do. I get that. You know, but the only pushback I, I, I would have on that is that that puts you at a disadvantage because then you're, you're looking to go work for somebody else. So, okay. You I, I, we, we would get that pushback, as you, know you say, saying? right? And so, and I'm speaking for me in the media world. Well, yeah, that, that, that was my specialty. So, well, in the media world, it's a little different than other professions. One, you don't get a job off of a paper resume. I got you. You get a job off of the proof of your work. Agreed. So most folks I know mm-hmm. who are in media that are successful, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten started out doing something menial, checking okay. the transmitter, working the late shift. And somebody going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Somebody going to party too much, mm-hmm. get a cold. Something is going to happen. And once and you have- Once you fill in, bam. Yeah. Then you can start to talk about, you know what I mean, what you want to do. Yeah, but yeah. until you get your foot in the door, it's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. True. True indeed. I, yeah, in that space, because I think, I think that same logic applies the same in, in the photography space. Like, from my perspective. Like, you know what I mean? Um, while it's, it's kind of watered down on the popularity side of things, but photography is one of the things you can tell me you know how to take a photo all day. Well, I got to see your work. Let me see some pictures you took. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see that nice-ass camera, but let me see some of your photos. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If I ain't seen none of your photos, I don't give a fuck. You can have 20, you can have all the lenses in the world in here. And I can say, yeah, you got some nice equipment, nice straps, lights, all straps, that all that, yeah. but let me see your work. You know what I mean? If you're working at the party, what the fuck we talking about? What we doing? Yeah. So that, every, that, that mindset. That that's, mindset. You know, that's, that's, that's what somebody going into the work world has to have. Mm-hmm. Because your ideas don't really mean nothing until you get into the door. Hmm. I mean, you could you could come from a family that's gadillionaires, and then, you know, you can fund your own ideas. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the job, is, I mean, if, if the goal is to, to get a career where you can earn a living, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You got to get in where you fit in. You got to get in where you fit in. Do you, do you think that's changing with, with the times, though, as far as, like, how the Internet positions us in this media space now because before where you had to go to the gate holders now you know what i mean especially in, in in the media space essentially we can we can control what we put out like you know what i mean i can sit here and do podcasts i can go get some royalty free music and i can make this shit whatever i want and i can post it to an rss feed and they can be on spotify and apple playlists and not playlists but apple podcasts and amazon it can be on our stuff because i ha- i can do all that i ain't got to go to get nobody else to go do it for me nowadays you don't now but I mean? at the end of the day mm-hmm. the folks with the money are looking for content yeah proof of concept is right. we talked about it earlier I, I believe in proof of concept because if you can't show me that you can do it then what we talking yeah, about you can tell yeah. me you can do it all day you know what i mean but now there are some spaces just by because the way the world works and nowadays a piece of paper in your word goes so far. I mean, it's, uh, a bunch of likes, a million likes could take you a lot of places nowadays. Yeah, you fact. know what I mean? A million followers, you know that could that could take you some places. I mean, you know, we we at a crossroads because mm-hmm. the technology is, 
you know, changed. I was having a conversation with my nephew. And so my nephew was 26. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him about... Uh, he he never seen a trash truck with a driver and two men on the back. He never saw with two people. You probably only saw one, I'm assuming. You know what I mean? So think, well, you know, I come from an era thing. where it was a driver and, then, and it was two men on the back that would roll the can. Now it was one He only know to get the driver with the arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's that's how technology has changed things. I mean, to show you how it was, when I started in radio, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the mix show DJs, they wouldn't be in the station live. They would drop off their mixes on a cassette. So you just hit play. Now they can email it using WeTransfer, Dropbox. They don't even oh, yeah, that. and it's right there. They ain't got to be in the vicinity. They ain't got to be. They could be. So think, man, I'm, I'd be on XM. Mm-hmm. That's worldwide. I'd be sleeping. <laughs> what do you mean? It's times that my show is on mm-hmm. where I'm in the bed sleep. Oh, because you just got a plan. You got it on autopilot. And yeah, you, can... you know what I mean? So the, the, techni- the technical aspect of of of, of working and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the labor, mm-hmm. it's different. going through an unreal change, man. How do you think it's going to affect us in this media space? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you... you I think quality is going to gonna be what gets people over the top. You think quality is? Yeah. You don't think consistency is? I mean consistency goes I feel hand in hand with quality. You know, I I I, 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 I like the the quality part is um it's rough for me to get my head wrapped around because we just came out of shit, COVID realized put us in the era where shit Podcast being born via Zoom. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and look, I mean, the platform's changed, but the quality and consistency, if that stays the same, mm-hmm. that'll put you over the top. Hmm. I think the consistency, period. I think if you put out trash audio, but consistently, if you consistently build an audience, somebody gonna come and upgrade your audience for you because they're gonna want a piece you of the You got the numbers. Yeah, you got the numbers. You got Can't the numbers to... You know what I mean? The consi- <laughs> but the only thing that brings the numbers is consistency. Because you, you can do, listen, we can record on our, on our iPhone, and we got a, a thousand episodes in. You know what I'm saying? We got the numbers, and people starting listening. You know what I mean? The growth that you can get just by consistently putting that, that amount of shit out, then shit going to grow. The, the quality going to come with it. You know what I mean? In my opinion. You know what I mean? I, I, I know people out here I mean, with bullshit what? cameras just grinding it out and making it to where they make enough money that they can afford a new camera. You know I hear you. I can't really predict the future, man, because it's, it's it's so fluid, and I only know what I see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I I don't see everything. I'm not out in the world like that. You know mm-hmm. that's where my students come into play at. That gives right. me, you know, the position to not really be out in the world like that. And mm-hmm. the students will let me know what's going on. Some things I get to experience for myself, but yeah, I'm not I'm not really out in the world. I'm like I'm all. I call it Moose Island. Moose Island. Yeah, you Stay know. Stay your own universe. Yeah, man. And and so I figured out during the, the, the pandemic, if you get right with yourself, everything else going to fall into place. I agree. You get to, you get If you get to know yourself, you know, you become at peace with yourself. 
everything else will fall in place. Hmm. That's oh. all part of getting to know yourself, though. That self-awareness that you... What, what part of North Carolina you used to go to? Leggett. Yeah, see, so you go to Leggett or like six months out of the year, you come to know yourself. Very, very true. Like, yeah. I, I, I had the opportunity early in the game to understand who I was. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and, and the shit that I liked because the shit that I thought I liked, once it was removed... I realized that... I ain't uh, really like that. Yeah, I ain't really like that. You know what I mean? It was just a part of my universe that was convenient for me in that moment. You know what I mean? I used to go down... I had some summers there was a ball. You know what I mean? And we ain't do shit. We're playing the dirt. And, you know what I'm saying? One of them, Learn yeah. how to entertain yourself, Exactly. Man. It's, it's, it's all... A, one thing I've learned, especially like in radio, mm-hmm. simple is the best. All of the, the bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. and shit... It complicates the things, you know what I mean? Yeah, sim- simple. S- simple is the best. You know, one of my old heads said something to me a couple of weeks ago. We were out back, you know what I mean, in the garden, you know what I mean, and we were talking, and he was like, uh, you know, Moose, anybody who works and tends to the soil gets a large element of simplicity carved into their being. I'll say say that one more time, cause I, I think that <laughs> people need to hear that shit for, again. Say Anybody who tends to the soil, plants the soil, you know what I mean, works the earth, gets a large element of simplicity carved into their character, and you know it. That that's that's the antidote to all of this anxiety. All of this stress, all of this worry, mm-hmm. that shit outside engage you on a level. None of this synthetic man-made shit will. Word, yeah. And it's right on time. It's right, but it's, it's right consistent. in front. Of, it's right in front of you. Right you in front what? of you, man. You just you gotta go saying? outside. You spend some time outside, man. I encourage everybody to get a couple of house plants and take walks every day. Walk your neighborhood. Get to know what trees in your neighborhood, what flowers in your neighborhood, when they bloom. Respect. You know, how the blossoms smell. Mm-hmm. What You know what I mean? You got evergreen trees in your neighborhood. You got, you know, cities trees in your yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, what you was there? Because yeah. the shit, think, the day you moved in, that shit was there. Yeah, yeah, it was there. And the day that you leave or your eyes closed, <laughs> that shit gonna be there too. <laughs> gonna be there doing too. what it's supposed to do, man. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah, that's 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 been my key, man. You know, that's what I like to share with folks. Yeah, simplicity is uh it is a valuable thing, man. Um Yeah, like you know what I mean, I, I've learned my best lessons back then. But mm-hmm. I, I went through a period in my life where I, I spent a lot of money on shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, you it, had to learn it, them lessons, man. You know what it was though. It wasn't even because I I, I was like fiending to like to like get a lot of shit. It was just that I had the money and I, I could. You know what I'm saying? It was just that if I could, I, I will. You know what I mean? Kind of thing because I didn't have any other, any other thing to spend money on. Like my immediate future was. You know what I mean, I got a pocket full of money. Man, you know, unfortunately, we live in a society where you know. People are led to believe that consumption will make you happy. And that happiness, you know what I mean, is temporary. 
Well, you know, if, if, if you got the, the fly new 2021 Lexus or Benz this year, next year, that shit going to be a year old. That shit going to be a year old. Like, yo, for real. Like, man, I, listen, I learned a long time ago, man, that um, <clears throat> buying the most expensive shit is, <laughs> I want to say dumb. You know what I'm saying? Because to each his own. You know what I mean? Everybody can do whatever the fuck they want to do. But for what? Like, you know what I mean? I realized in high school, like, I had the hoopty. I had the mean hoopty in high school. And all. And what kind of car you drove in high school? I had school? a Hyundai Scoop. S Coop. I remember real vividly. What I first year car. was it? Damn, what year was that car? What color was it? It was green. It was what like a mint green. What name you give it? I just, oh, what the fuck did I call my car? Come on, man. You had to have a name for the car, man. You can't have a hoopty and not have a name I, for I it. I think I did, man. Um, I can't remember, to tell you the truth. Word, word. Go ahead, man. You know, when people get to talk about cars, I ask them kind of questions, yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, anyway, <laughs> what I realized at a young age is that all the, all the dudes that had all the little nice cars and all the nice clothes, all the women... That they were dealing with and flashing for, I was pulling them chicks with the hoopty. Like, you know what I'm saying? They were still, I was still picking them up in the hoopty. Like, I was wearing basketball shorts all the time and I was still pulling the same chicks. And so, you broke, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you spending money on the material things that's outwardly, you know what I'm saying? I'm keeping all money in my pocket. I'm using my mouth. I'm just being, you know what I'm saying, charming and shit like that. And so, what I realized, young is like, yo. All this shit that we got, all this shit we got in our brains for the material things, especially men, specific to the, to the thing of men and why we used to do it when we was younger, is for females or to get something, some kind of accolades or attention in return or people to view you a certain way. All that shit is a facade. Like, I learned that shit super early. Like, that shit don't mean nothing because I had a, I had way more money than all them boys. Like, you know what I mean? And the shit that I was doing, nobody knew about. You know what I mean? And, and the money shit, I don't care about none of that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was a quiet guy in school, bro. And we used to get to the bag. And nobody knew. You know what I mean? Because wasn't nobody in the business know but ours. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was my money. I wanted to make my money. I ain't got to go buy all this new shoes and new outfits and nice this and chains and show off nothing. I've always been that way. For like two years of my life, when I went to Italy... You know what I mean? It was just... You bought a couple of things. I bought a couple of things. Because then, <laughs> no violence, no... You know what I'm saying? It was a, me working all the time and just kind of just partying and shit. Club life type. You know what I mean? So I'm out fucking my shoes up all the time. and I got a pocket full of money. I don't play some shit. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? I went through that mentality that I could realize how stupid that shit was. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Just I got 20, 30 pairs of shoes in the closet and... My dad used to say you only wear one at a time. Yo, now, I, that's my mentality now. Like, now I got like three, four pairs of shoes. And I really don't give a fuck because, you know what I mean, long as these motherfuckers is protecting my feet, they're doing what they're supposed to do. That can be dangerous out here, man. You How know, so? That, that's intimidating to people. It's like, uh, see, thinking like that, that'll be the kind of dude that'll go out to eat by himself. Go to the movies by himself. Go to the club by himself. What's wrong lot, with that, though? A lot of people can't do that. See, I'm comfortable by myself. Like I'm no I'm no man by nature. Like photography, when I first got into photography, when I um, when I was searching for somebody to be a photographer for the shit that I was doing, I first got into it. I didn't understand the camera at all. Like my first day, I signed up at Art Institute. I went to the cage because they was giving us a tour. 
It's like, hey, this is what it said. This is what it said. There's the classrooms over here. That, 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 that. Here's the cage with the camera. That's all. My mind frame is only focused on the access to these cameras. So after the tour was over, I went back to the cage and was like, yo, I can check some shit out. It's like, I'm a student here now. You know what I mean? He's like, yo, ain't today your first day? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but got to check some shit out? He's like, well, yeah, what you want? I don't know nothing about no nothing. <laughs> so I'm just like, that one right yeah, there. I'm like, yo, give me, I need a camera and a lens, the battery and the memory card. You know what I mean? He broke it down for me. Like, I ain't got memory card, but all right, boom. Here, take this. And I went out, and I used to just walk around the camera. And I would walk down all alleys, and I put my headphones on, and that, and then that shit ended up becoming more a meditative thing for me. You know what I mean? Because it allowed me to disconnect from all of the world. I put my headphones in, crank my music up, I used to walk the streets of downtown Charleston and take pictures of flowers and branches and trees and rocks and cars going past yeah. and people walking and me and the wall and the bark, like any and everything. Door knocker, door knock, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I was taking pictures of whatever. But I started doing that shit more and more and more and I, I realized that shit gave me time to think. Like, you know what I mean? So I started processing some of the shit I had going on in my life because it gave me time to occupy my mind physically and then like think by myself and have time to sit in my own head and I find value in that shit now turn that shit into a business because then all them prints that I was doing the pictures I was taking I started selling them shits people wanted pictures of rocks on their wall or on their websites or you know what I'm saying a tree from downtown people want postcards because they visiting Charleston so I was like damn I can make money off this shit then I started tapping into that started selling prints and postcards and plugged in with the downtown the niggas on the little the market down there they got a table. I found, like, I tried to get a table on Sunday. Like, yeah, we need a business license. We need this, that, and the third. And the waiting list a year. So I went down there. and like, yeah, Yo, you got a table. You still don't know what not. I got these postcards and shit. And put them on my table and we just break bread. Like, you know what I mean? Consignment. Yeah, and just, that shit just got all, stopped making money with that shit. And, uh, shit, I don't even know why the reason I even went down this rabbit hole to begin with. But, um, but just go to say that, man. You you can do whatever you want to do. And, I, and I'm, I'm okay with doing shit alone. Learning shit alone and experiencing anything by my by my damn. So going to the Look, movies. Man, I'm telling you, man, people you know scared man? to do that shit. I, I don't really get that. I don't get why. Man, I guess I guess I we social creatures. You know what I mean? And some of us are way more social than others. You know, get you know, you can get to the bottom of that real quick, right? One of the things I would do with the students first time they walk in class, you know what I mean? I meet them. Mm-hmm. I ask them, uh, how many of you, well, I would say raise your hand mm-hmm. if you ever had your voice recorded before. No, more, now we digital age. Everybody know most folks raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, keep your hand up if you like what you heard. Hand go down. Hand go down. That's that was me. Was like, yo, look, I'll say this to you and I'm going to remind you if you stay in here. If you don't like your voice, you don't like yourself. Hmm. Say it again. You don't like your voice. You don't like yourself. I don't know, man. I don't know if I. You know what? Because I don't know if I agree with that, and this is why. Because I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm like, listen. I'm. I feel like I'm the most comfortable in my skin. I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks about me across the board. To be honest, you know what I mean. Outside of the perception that my daughter has of me, you know what I mean? Because she's younger, but. I'm really, like, I'm cool with myself. I'm comfortable being how I am. Like, nothing, no no outside force can really move how I am. I'm happy where I'm at, you know what I mean? Because the shit that I've experienced, the shit that I know, knowledge I gain, and I know that my life, you know what I mean? As long as my eyes open, I'm, a, I'm only going to continue to grow. 
You know what I mean? But at the same time, when I heard my when I first heard myself, I don't it, it sent me down to the other other rabbit hole. I didn't I didn't sound like I heard like how I thought I sounded. Yeah, that's that's it. That's but it, it. But what I, what I realized is that <clears throat> it sent me down to the rabbit hole. I done went and bought the domain because I had a podcast I did for, but it's because of resonance chambers in our bodies and our in our heads and shit, right? So when we when we talk when we we talk, we have resonance chambers in our skulls and shit that the sound travels through. So when we hear it, like we hear it in ourselves, we hear ourselves differently than the outside world hears it. And that's what the disconnect was for me. Because I'm like, yo, I don't sound like that. And so think, what it did you have to like? do to get to that point? What do you mean, to get to what point? To learn about the resonance chambers and how you sound in your head. Because so you, you explain that from a scientific standpoint. Yeah, it's because... I. I didn't think I sounded like how I thought I sounded. So what you researched? Well, when I when I when I heard myself back, well, I recorded my like I, I went down the park, I started recording my own vocals and shit just to hear how I sounded. And when I heard myself, I didn't sound like yeah, how nobody, I thought I sounded. Yeah, you never at first you never sound like what you think you sound like. And, and that was a disconnect in the beginning for me, because I was like, Whoa, 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 like, you know what I mean, the audio off was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to, like, I'm trying to work on the lows and the highs and trying to make it sound more like what I hear in myself, you know what I mean? And I couldn't read, I couldn't get to that shit, and I'm thinking, like, yo, why? And in my mind, I, I compartmentalize, I don't like how I sound, you know what I mean? But what it was is that I wasn't hearing what I hear, like, in my own head, you know what I mean? And that was a disconnect for me. Once I got that part, like, oh, shit. I learned about that, like, okay, I'm not going to hear what I hear because I'm hearing my, you know what I'm saying, and understood the sounds behind it, I let it go. And now I don't give a shit. I say that to the kids to shake them up mm -hmm. and to talk about confidence because most of the students would be like, I don't have a radio voice. I'd be like, your voice now is the voice you will have 20 years from now unless right. you have a surgery or something like that. Mm -hmm. What you attribute to a radio voice is nothing more than confidence. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Getting comfortable hearing your own self speak. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that's you. Mm-hmm. I learned, yeah. you perfect. I learned so much about myself, listening to myself after oh, I man, started I doing break podcasts. You down. Look, man, I had a situation. So my first year, I'm still a student. Mm-hmm. And my first year at the radio station, I'm at a party in these apartments that was by the university and uh, you know this was back when the station played rap music and uh, they had the station on so it's maybe about 10 11 people in the apartment you know college party music up loud and shit and uh the commercial i had done this is one of the first commercials i ever did came on and i swear everybody in the party when that commercial came on looked dead at me and I ain't never felt so much pressure in my life. Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recognized then that I was going to either sink or swim with this shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I had to just, you know what I mean, tough it out and recognize. And then, you know, I, I, I learned different tricks of the trade. Recording yourself for at least two, three minutes every day. Storing it, then going back, you know, after 30, 45 days and listening to it and critiquing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Learning the pace in which to talk to people, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so, like me saying, if you don't like your voice, you don't like yourself, challenges the students because mm -hmm. then they have to question, damn, do I like myself? Yeah, because I don't really like my voice like yeah, that. Yeah, then, yeah. you know, what I mean, it's a domino effect, word, word, and word. then I'm able to build them up from there. And you know, mm -hmm. if they do something good, that's good radio, if they do something bad, that's bad radio, word, word, and word. so from there. You're, you're able to impart 
some uh, some structure to how they approach speaking. You know, I often tell folks, I see people with my ears. Mm. So, you know, I can listen to somebody talk and tell if they smiling mm-hmm. or what's on their mind mm-hmm. or, you know, how they've been feeling mm-hmm. and shit. I can also listen to people and tell their regional dialect. Because you've been in this space for a long time, man. You've been teaching, so you had to really keen in on that mm-hmm. purpose. You know what I mean? With purpose. When I first got in, man, one of the one of the professors in the department had this video. I caught it on PBS. It was called Do You Speak American? And this guy got in an RV and traveled around the whole United States and got people to read different sentences and different words. And then put all of them shits together and you could see the regional dialects and then they talk about the regional colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and so from that, <coughs> I just learned how how dynamic American English is. Articulation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when I first started at the radio station, i never forget the uh, station manager, the guy that hired me, made me listen to my audio my auto, audio check tape. Mm-hmm. We listened to that shit for about 10 minutes in his office. He kept on rewinding me saying, W-H-O-V Hampton. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I learned it wasn't W. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's W. Yeah, yeah. And it's Hampton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Learning some articulation, and, you know, especially for people that look like you and I, you know, and I would tell the students, that, you know, your aim is to speak colorless. Mm. You know what I mean? If you can speak colorless, you cast a large net on your opportunities. That's an awesome way to put it. Yeah. I, I learned that. I learned that just jumping into this podcast space because in the beginning, I just jumped out and did it. I just had a homie. I would pull up on him. I would pull up on different people I knew. And I'd pull out the microphone and just record our conversation. It's a little bit more than that. Yeah, but once I, but once I, it took me a while to go back and really listen, listen to it. But then when I did, it made me hear myself different. And then I started realizing how I was pronunciating words. <clears throat> and then I was like, dang, I don't even be saying words, like the full words. You know what I mean? I never cut knew them it. Off. Yeah, I, I cut people off. And that was the that was one of the biggest things is that, I, and it was never like in malice. It was just that my mind would be on the next thought already, and I just was so anxious on getting it out that you know what I'm saying. Before they would finish their thought, I would interject. With, you know what I'm saying? I'd be just so trying to like so rush my thoughts. It ain't and a not rush. You may gotta slow down, man. Exactly. You know what I mean? Take a couple of like, deep breaths, man. Slow down, cause it ain't a. It's it, It's not a sprint. Sure, it's that like a marathon, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you got to relax. With, but see, all of that comes with the time. You know what I mean? You you invest that time. It's like uh, one of my gray hairs I reason would say it's all about time mm-hmm. and timing. You know, the time that you invest into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Improves your timing. And mm-hmm. so think, you know, where you at now with doing podcasts you invested the time, so you're able to... I mean, it's just like hooking up the microphone. You mm-hmm. done this enough times to know, mm-hmm. that I need a table with this at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Look around here, you know what I mean? Your mind was working twice, three times as fast as mine to get this shit straight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's that, man. You know, but nobody really likes to invest that time. They want it to come right there. They want now. it to come right there. And, and I'm a patient person. Patience is one of my greatest... 
and worse as you know what I mean parts of myself. Like you know what I mean that I have an immense amount of patience. And but what that led me to do is to take my time with shit. Like I, you know what I mean I'm not in a rush. Like you know what I mean. So when I did those, when I recorded all those podcasts. I recorded a bunch of episodes, but I wasn't in a rush to put it out. Like, I wasn't like, I got to get this out. I got to do this, that. I'm like, nah, let me just jump out, just do it, and then go back and critique myself. Then I heard myself like, whoa, that made me go back, and then I started talking different. And then I started realizing, all right, what am I talking about? Like, you know what I mean? What's what's the aim of all this? Like, what what's the purpose of all this? But it instead of just trying to just figure that shit out in the beginning, I just worked through it. And then once I worked through it, then I was like, all right, now I got something. Now, you know what I mean? Now I'm here. Because yeah, it, it's now, that time. It, it doesn't that. happen just like that. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, our society doesn't value taking your time. I agree. Everything has to be, you know what I mean, zero to 60 and <laughs> two seconds type shit, yeah, man. Yeah, and yeah. Once, so look, outside don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, this was years ago, but it was still, it wasn't that. It's when I lived in Charleston. But anyway, I just picked up the camera. It was maybe like a year or so after I picked up the camera. And um, we're walking downtown because I'm shooting video for these guys. And walking to this glass shop. Well, we walk up to this glass shop. And it looked like all kind of rusted and shit like that. We thinking it's closed and kind of scrapped. It just looked old and kind of run down. But we realized the old guy is standing there. And he's standing way in the back. But anyway, long story short, we end up going in there. And he was this old white guy, man, and uh, he was telling us one of the things that stuck out that he mentioned. He was like, man, you know, you guys should do a documentary on black people and talk, and talk about instant gratification. He was like, because I feel like that's what plagues the black community. This is a white guy that I don't feel like he was a racist, but he was around during a racist period. You know what I'm yeah, I mean, you know, shit. If he's sixty, if he's seventy years old, the geek perspective, they had pictures of a slave on the wall. Man, I can believe that. My co-host, man, downtown yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. He walked in there. I got video of this. You know what I mean? I got video of the two people. It was a man and a woman. He was like, "Yeah, that man right there." I'm almost positive he was born a slave. You know what I'm saying? And that's how old in history that shop was. And he was working for another guy that was older than him. So it wasn't even his shot. Instant gratification. Instant gratification. And not for nothing, as much as it, it was coming from him, it kind of triggered me coming from this old white guy that, you know what I'm saying? At the time, it kind of just, it just felt odd. But I, it's real. The same shit you said. Like, we want it immediate. It's instant gratification. We want it now. Like, you know what I'm saying? We want, if we want to do something, we don't want to work to, we don't want to know about the process. We don't care about the process. We want to just get that shit done. I deal with that shit a lot with photography. When I when I give people photos, man. Ho, 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 ho. What's up? Ho, 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 ho. Let's rewind a little bit. Let's. What's up? You said people don't care about the process. They just want to get the results. Yes. Hmm. People don't care about how it, how it gets done. A lot of us are like that. We... You can break it down to every aspect of life. Not even from the services photography aspect. Break it down to fast food. You pull up at that window. You don't give a fuck what's going on with that grill. You don't give a fuck what's going on with that meat at that freezer. If you got to sit in that drive through for five minutes when you're supposed to pull up and pull through in two, you're going to be feeling away. 
Most m- majority I, of people. I'm 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 tripping off of what you said because me and one of my homies, he God body, you know what I mean, nation mm-hmm. of gods and earths, and we were talking about uh, processes, mm-hmm. and so he was he he was you know uh, speaking on the fact that uh, you know so you got a crib, mm-hmm. there's a process. To you running your crib. Yes. And I'm not talking about the bills paid and all that, but just your cleaning schedule, mm-hmm. your cooking schedule, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Doing shit. And he, he, my man was saying, like, that in a nutshell, when you don't have a true process, your shit is off. Your, your, your equilibrium <clears throat> is off. I agree. Wholeheartedly. And, like he said, it, it leaves you unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it made me think about cooking. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I love to cook. And when he said that, I was like, damn, I don't really think it's the cooking that I enjoy. It's the damn process. It's the process, yes. Damn sure, for sure. With photography, it ain't, it's not the, it's not the photos for me. It's, it's the, the process. process. It's yeah. like, you know, I tell people this all the time. Like, with me, how I approach photography, a lot of photographers don't approach it this way. I like to go shoot, and I don't even like to look at the photos while I'm shooting. I like to look at them, make sure the lighting and the settings are right, and then I just shoot. I don't even want to go review them right there because I like to be surprised when I get on the computer. When I get to the computer and be like, oh, shit, like I didn't even realize that it turned out this way because I'm going off just my pure eye in the moment, the process. You know what I mean? The act of me being there, creating the moment, I get a thrill off that. And then the second thrill is what I can see what I created down the line. It's not right. It's not about the on spot and getting the perfect shot. I don't get a kick out of that. You know what I mean, it's not about that. I, I understand that I've taught myself enough of the process as far as Photoshop and processing photos. I have the skill set now that I, even if it's a fucked up picture, I can make it into a decent photo. You, you know, know that's why I'm bugging about this process thing because, you know, this, it's mm, everything has a process. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily learn it in school. Uh, I got an academic friend who say like you you learn it in route. Yeah, as you go. School teaches you the action and the reaction, or the, the I mean the gain from it, the what you do and what you get from it. They don't teach you about the shit in the middle. You know what I mean? They don't teach you about the the process you got to go through to get to that point. You know what I mean? Mm. Cause you, you know, I mean, you say, "Hey, I got a great radio voice." I mean, I'm pretty sure you you dealt with this in the same aspect. I, they might be a great speaker, but they don't they don't know enough to have the the patience to learn the recording program or the microphone. Yeah, they got it. we we put it. They got one gold star. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you get a couple of more gold mm-hmm. stars, then you can work with. Cause everybody with a voice is not meant to do radio. Yeah. That that logic can be applied to so much shit. Cause when I talk to clients, bro, when they, they tell me these ideas, like, yo, you have a great idea, but you don't understand the process <laughs> it's gonna take to bring this idea to life. You say, hey, I have this idea. The idea is gonna take a photographer taking a picture of this idea. Hey, you a photographer? You got a camera? Let's do this idea. And the idea you bring to me, you expect me to give you, you know what I'm saying? And they have you dangling out a helicopter on a string trying to take some pictures at the top they, of the They won't think about and, that part yeah. of it. They'll think about, hey, you do photography, how much you charge an hour? I don't pay you that much, and this is what I want to get done. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, you know, 
I can't work a miracle like that. You know what I mean? You can't have me jumping through hoops and doing all this crazy shit. And you know, it, some some sometimes sometimes I, I I understand it. I can empathize with them. I understand they don't understand the process. They don't understand that I got to sort through all these photos. They don't understand that I got to edit. I might be two hours on two photos. You know what I mean? And I'm about to give you thirty something photos. You know what I mean? Now mind you, paid me for my time to show up, but you don't understand the process on the back end. And that now you like, yo, where the photos at? You know what I mean? Yeah, the next yeah, two, three days yeah. or something like that. And then you look at me like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? My barber at one time, he used to call me Slow Jams, right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, man, shit, the only thing you do over there is play Slow Jams and talk <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> and somehow or another, the, bar, the shop, one of the shops he ended up working at bought some time at the station. He came by the station. He was there for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, I ain't see you talking and playing no slow jams. I was like, man, this shit ain't that, man. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's 5% of the job, you know what I mean? It's it's other shit that gets you to that point that you mm-hmm. got to do, man. You know, it's rules and regulations. You got to adhere to reports. They got to be filed. You the know process. I mean? Yeah, it's a process. It's and, you know, process. I, w- I would often hear people, I would butt heads with people because they wouldn't understand the radio process. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know... At the college station, we wouldn't get the calls for, you know what I mean, a lot of concerts. We got calls for concerts to promote them, but not all of them. And so people would be like, I don't I don't understand why they didn't call y'all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You should go tell them, blah, blah, blah. And I, it got to the point, because it got frustrating, I would just have to tell people, especially dudes. I would be like, so do you beg for pussy? You're the girl house saying, mm-hmm. please, baby, let, let me just stick the head in, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah, one yeah. of them niggas? <laughs> Cause I ain't one of them niggas. Word, word, word. I feel you. I feel you. If they like me, they like me. <laughs> yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people is a lot of dudes that's out there like that. It's a lot of people that move in ways that I just don't be understand a lot. Yeah, of I, I, I don't understand. And so you know, I would I would tell folks like, yo, this is a process, man. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a process. So don't think you can come here for three months. And know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's not even a whole school year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Three months, you only seen just football season. Mm-hmm. You ain't seen us at the intersection of basketball and football season, and we yeah, got to cover those. You haven't seen us, you know what I mean, in the middle of basketball season, and it's a snowstorm in, in Philly, mm-hmm. and, the, and the team and the goddamn announcers is stuck there. You ain't seen that yeah, yet, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So until you see that, you hold your comments. Yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. Photography the same way, man. But, you know, I used to do, especially some guys when I was working with the, in the studio, I would make them sit there while I edit. And he'd be and, like, man, damn, man, yeah, this, this a long time, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. What they realized, they'd be like, oh, shit. And then they were like, they would respect the process. They shut their damn mouth. Yeah, then they realized, you know what I mean? I have clients, they'd be like, yo, did you edit these photos? I'd be like, ah, right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you the raw, and I'm going to send you what I sent you. And then you ask me if I edited it. You know what I'm saying? And they be like, oh, shit. I'm like, damn, you did all that? Like, yeah, I did all Like, maybe I ain't hit these. I ain't hit all your shit, but you got to realize what you paid me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't paid me to go in there and make you look like, you know what I'm saying, Cleopatra or no blemishes at all. You know what I mean? I can, you, can't, you can't show up to the shit looking all crazy and expect me to make you look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can yeah. do some stuff, 
But I, you don't expect me to go all out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want miracles. You want yeah. to turn water to wine. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's... You know what I mean? It, but it's a thin line between because sometimes I respect it because who am I to say what flaws scream out to you? Like, man, I might edit this photo and that time I might spend on things that I see as flaws, you might have been like, I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I'm saying? And once I remove that bias from it, it allows me to approach it a little different with clients. When they tell me that, that you know what I mean? And I, I don't say like, hey, I'll show you the raw and this like that. I say it in a nice way. Be like, well, look, I can show you what I did do so you can have a perspective of, you know what I'm saying, the process I went through of getting here or from this to this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I treat every client different because, like I said, I realize that my eyes ain't their eyes. And if I, if you know what I mean, I go to somewhere and they say, hey, man, that shit ain't burnt to me. And I'm looking at it like, son, that's burnt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm expecting them to be like, I will right, we'll take it back and give you something that's less than this. You know what I mean? If I'm paying for your service. So if I'm using yeah, that same true. logic, I try to approach my, my, my client the same way, man. But that, that process shit, man, bring people into your world. Sometimes you got to do that to, to give them perspective. We, we keep leaning back to that word. But. I, I would not make it. it, it radio puts it up close and personal because everybody think they can do radio. Mm-hmm. Until that microphone turned on, mm-hmm. and they nut the fuck up. I'm still bad at this shit. Like you know, what I mean, not for nothing. This, this whole podcast space, but I understand that where my head is, where my focus is, and I know where I'm going, and I know the consi- I'm already locked in. So I know I ain't, I'm only gonna get better. Yeah, you know, you can't quit. And then you know, one one other thing, I would I would tell the students, you know, because you know, pressure busts pipes. Mm-hmm. Perfection is a prison. I agree. And so you can't expect perfection every time you do something. Mm-hmm. Look at what your product is as perfect, not mm-hmm. what you think perfection is. So look at what your product is as perfect? Yeah, so th- anything you do, mm-hmm. anything I do, I know going to be perfect because it's me. It's going to okay. be perfect in my way. Okay. Respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like that mindset better than making something I mean, from the beginning, oh, it's missing this. We should have did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. If this would have went there mm-hmm. instead of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I drained myself in the beginning of my photography like that. And to my man, he one day he made a statement to me and it changed my whole perspective. He was like, yo, it's not on you to judge your work, yo. He said, it's on everybody else to judge your work. He was like, you got to, he said, yo, he said, just create. It's not on you to judge your work. Yeah, it's on everybody else. He said, your job to create. Everybody else's job is to judge. And they tell you what you do good and what you do bad. He's like, it ain't on you. He said, because you look at one of them photos and be like, oh, this shit ain't right. You put that shit out, and that shit could be the one that, you know what I'm saying? So look, okay, okay. I I, I remember learning that lesson with my radio show. So... One thing that comes to mind, I had two co-hosts, uh... We started off as two, then it was three, now it's to two again. You know what I mean? So my initial co-host, shout out, Marcel, big C to the E to the L, Kennedy. Uh, he really didn't have any radio experience, and so he was just doing what he felt. And so from the moment we started making tapes, he would be like, MD, illegal rap radio. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I go say I thought it was corny, you know what I mean? It's just something I I, I put up with, I dealt with. Mm-hmm. And it blew me away 
once we really got up and going on the airways, how people be like, illegal rap radio. You yeah. know, and I'm like, damn, yo, this nigga's a fucking star. <laughs> well, it kind of shifted your perspective. What? On I shit. was like, yo, damn. And then it, 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 it was things that we started to do that I, you know, it could be songs that I may have been afraid to play on the show. Mm-hmm. But ended up playing them and people loved the shit. And so it, it, it had me realizing that it was all of these boundaries in my mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My my warped sense of perfection mm-hmm. was, was, was shooting. Man, I was shooting myself in the foot, knocking off my big and little toe, you know what I mean? <laughs> Messing my damn shin up. <laughs> I, oh, man, I was fucking, yeah, the semi-automatic. Black, black, black. <laughs> I'm shooting my shit all the shame, man. And not realizing, like, yo, man, whatever you do, man, you know, people gonna tell you if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know it's good when they talk to you about it and you feel it. Exactly, yo. I, yo, the, that is the most gratitude I get out of putting out f- photography that makes people think. Like, you know what I mean? Because I know you fail. I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. You can tell me, if you don't like it, you can tell me why you don't like it. I, that's a good job for me. Because then I, I, I've made you look at a photo to even think, you know what I mean? To where to articulate to like, ah, this this does this or it, it invoked this thought in me. For me, that's a win. Because any other photo you look at like, oh, it's a good photo. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of, I don't want my shit to be that. I want my shit to be like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, is he trying to say? Or does, does he mean this? Or, you know what I'm saying? Those kind of shit I, I get. The, the gift out of the most, you know what I mean? I try to make all my shit that way to make you think. So look, let's switch speeds for a minute right quick. Okay. So remember he was getting out of the car today, we was walking down the sidewalk, I was like, yo, you see this house? Look mm-hmm. at it, you know what I mean? Word. You even said the address. What was mm-hmm. you remember the address? One oh one oh something. One oh six? One oh two. One oh two, okay. Alright, so you know, uh and like I told you, man, don't know what he's doing until it's done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, me having a radio show that dealt with jazz and hip-hop, it put us on a path where we were able to uh, discover the city of Hampton and Hampton University's greatest musical alum nobody really knew about. Mm. And that house that you was looking at, was the house that he was raised in. And so, you know, you see how close I stayed at that yeah, house. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. It was the same property at one time. You know, this was the guest house. Yeah, you yeah, see, I right. got a little itty bitty yeah, crib. Yeah, yeah. Uh, deluxe room, room is my homeboy yeah, yeah. called it. And so this dude name was Weldon Irving Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, for you, you know, because you are the hip hop age, mm-hmm. I could toss a couple of names to you of his mentees and you can see what kind of contributions he's made okay. to the world of hip-hop. Okay, right? okay. All right, so um, you know who Common is, right? Definitely. All right, so Weldon was one of Common's mentors. Okay. Uh, a Tribe Called Quest. Listen, you can stop right there. All like, right, so, right. you know, <laughs> one of their <laughs> like, top songs is this tune called Award Tour. We on the award tour, tour with Muhammad, my yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So in the Midnight Marauders album. Yeah. So that's a Weldon Irving sample. And he mm. mentored a tribe called Quest. All right. Uh mm. Tyler Kwali and Most Def. Mm-hmm. Yes. He mentored them. You know, Most Def uh freshman album, his first solo album, 
black on both sides. He had a song on there called Umi Says. Mm-hmm. My Umi Says, shine a light on the world, shine a light so I can see. Mm-hmm. Well, then co-wrote and co-produced that, you know what I mean? Real close to them dudes. That's but you know dope, what I mean? Bro. Yeah, you know, from right here in Hampton, Virginia. Right here in Hampton, Virginia. We got a lot of, we got a lot of, uh, Individuals that come out of this place, man, like this. It is, man. It's a, it's, it's an amazing strip of land. Uh, you you got your flash you got a flash drive with you? Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you leave, I lace your shoes with the show we did about welding. Hell yeah. And uh, we also did another show, or rather, we did a museum exhibit up in William and Mary at the Hip Hop Archive. Mm-hmm. And we turned the exhibit into a show. And the show is called Virginia Love. Dope. And so we uh selected nine hip-hop or R&B songs, mm-hmm. identified the samples, mm-hmm. and traced the samples back to the state of Virginia. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, you know... That's like, crazy. I, I told you to look at that house because the house changed... It changed the, the, the trajectory of the show because of my relationship with this dude. So have in mind, before I get into these connections and everything, I understand, I will say this again, mm-hmm. I never met this dude a day in my life. And, Interesting. Uh, through research and I'm, uh, so, you know, in 1988, uh, Boogie Down Productions had this song called My Philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 11 or 12 at the time. And I, I knew where the sample came from, because my mom and dad, they would eat their chicken and drink their liquor on Friday nights, play their jazz records, and that was one of the tunes that they played. Word. So having my 88, mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean, I know what that sample is, you know? Okay. So as I get into the jazz world, I come to find out it's a guy named Stanley Turrentine. He's a horn player and a vibes, key, I mean, a vibraphone player named Milt Jackson. Mm-hmm. The song is called Sister Sanctified. Okay. And so then I recognized that, bam, this dude, Weldon Irving, mm-hmm. who grew up in that house next door, mm-hmm. wrote that tune. Mm-hmm. Wow, shit, okay. Damn. And so, you know, it, it, it goes a, a step further, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, where I meet a lady and doing research on him that was mm-hmm. in his band when he was here at Hampton. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, he wrote the song for me because, you know, I was always dancing around campus and shit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get to talking, where you from, where you live at, and all that shit. And she tells me, from Richmond. I'm like, damn, I'm from Richmond, too. Yeah, yeah, And come to find out, this lady substituted at my high school when I was in the 10th, 11th, and 12th grade and lived three blocks from the house I was raised in. Damn. You know what I mean? Another connection that's, you know what I mean, really mind-blowing for me. I uh, really make the hair stand up on the back of my neck is... Uh, Weldon and I share the same birthday. That's I, interesting. He was born as well. October the twenty seventh, nineteen forty three. I was born October the twenty seventh, nineteen seventy six. Hmm. And so you know, as we got on that path, it uh, it took us places we had no idea we would go. It made us learn about the city I had. Like you know that house you I showed you, mm-hmm. Q Tip been there. That house I showed you, yeah, yeah. most definitely Tyler Kweli been there. That's dope. You familiar with a singer from the past named Nina Simone? Yeah, for sure. She been there. No. And so on 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 the R and B and music side, yeah, yeah, you know so what I mean. So Weldon. Nina Simone. Yeah, Weldon was her musical director for uh, 
eight years. Uh, you know, it's, it's a documentary that's out now. What was the shit called? Uh, and, and you end up here, right next door. Right next door to the house. Yeah, he Weldon wrote one of Nina Simone's, you know, more popular tunes. It's a jam called To Be Young, Gifted, and Black. She debuted it on, uh, what is it called? The Summer of Soul. That's the documentary that's out. Mm-hmm. You know, she I think they that on Hulu? Man, I don't know, man. I think Summer of Soul is on You know, my yeah. young Thundercats get me to download, and I look at that word, shit. Word, 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 word. Yeah, I'm a little more connected with the... I, I don't watch TV, but I do watch, you know what I mean, stream through some of the shit for background noise. And I yeah. think Summer of Soul, I'm pretty sure that's on Hulu. Yeah. So you know, man, Weldon was her musical director, wrote that tune to be young, gifted, and black, and then mentored a lot of guys that you know I can relate them to the hip hop culture mm-hmm. from samples. Mm. And so you know, uh, Jay Z. We let's let's start with Jay Z. So Jay got a tune called "Dear Summer." Yep, I, I I'm a Jay fan, so I definitely know I know almost all the lyrics of "Dear Summer." That's a Weldon Irvine sample. Hmm. Yeah, a song that he wrote. One of his mentees, Don Blackman, did it. It's called Morning Sunrise. Uh, what's another J joint, man? Uh, Can't Knock the Hustle. Yeah, word. Know it well. So, original tune is uh, by one that's, of well. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy, man, that uh, that history is right right here. Nobody really knew about the shit. So, you know, we, we kind of look at us being, uh, it shit chose us. Word. Yeah, it chose us on, on multiple levels. Because... Discovering him and researching him strengthened the bonds that we had with a lot of the gray-haired jazz musicians that we already knew and loved, and they loved us. Mm-hmm. And so that opened up even more doors. That's, that's pretty. That's awesome, bro. And, and like the the correlation with y'all sharing birthdays, and then all all the connection. That shit is uh man. That shit is unreal. That man. shit is super unreal. So. Last question, man. Like, um, what about jazz, bro? Like, what, what like, what is it about jazz for you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, what, like, what's the, what's the love? What, what is the love for jazz? I mean, what is that rooted in? Is it, is it the stories? Is it the, is it the feeling? Is it the emotion? Or, you know what I mean? Is it the, is it the behind the scenes part of where this shit was birthed from? Is it the history? Like, you know what I mean? Or is it how it makes you feel? Like, you know what I mean? That's a loaded, loaded question. You, you, you said a lot right there. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. Were saying. I, I want to keep it broad, but you I'm, can I'm take whatever you. direction you want. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, initially it was, uh, you know, like I was saying, when you start off, it ain't what you want to do, it's what you can do. Mm-hmm. And so you figure to get into, into WHOV, and I didn't have the best speaking voice, you know, my reading was so so. But I knew jazz and they were a jazz station. So I was filling a void. Mm. You know what I mean? The and knowledge. The knowledge is what Yeah, so you think just just simple shit. You know, I tripping my brothers, you know, I told you how old them niggas is. Well, you know well, what well, I mean? Well, and well. my mom and dad. Yeah, definitely. They, you know, simple thing. Like they taught me how to pronounce names. Hmm. So like I was saying the dude that Weldon wrote that song for his name is Stanley Turrentine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sp- it's spelled way in a way that you would pronounce his last name Turn Time. Okay. You know what I mean? I knew how to say Earl Clue. K L E U 
GH, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not Earl Club. I, I knew names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, you know, yeah. that that that's, you know, your baby steps, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I just had a, a kind of a knack for it. You know, looking back now, I would I would I would have to say what about jazz? It's you know, cause the people who started it, you know, look just like you and I. And the story is is this shit is fucking amazing, man. It 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 it, it it's an American story, uh, and then you. So you got to think, you know, when you were born, think the year that you were born, mm-hmm. jazz had already been in a decline. Okay. So it wasn't something younger people would listen to mm-hmm. you know that's why I really big up a tribe called Quest mm-hmm. you know because they made jazz hip they made it cool it mm-hmm. wasn't just your parents music mm-hmm. and so you know like it's 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 like catching the flu it only take you being around one person for a certain amount of time and you get the flu and then that shit is just gonna take over you know sweats chills Mm -hmm. upset stomach mud butt all of that shit and it's like that with jazz cause you know the people it's kinda like same thing with blues for a while jazz had characters you know you had people with names Eddie Cleanhead Vincent yeah, yeah, you know yeah, somebody yeah. locked jaw, Eddie locked yeah, yeah. Davis, yeah, 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 brother yeah. Jack, Mc, you know the shit yeah. had characters, and then as you learn the stories, uh, it takes you places, and then you know nasty. Like I'm saying this from looking back, mm-hmm. think about this: the jazz artists that we were able to develop, you know, good relationships with. I run a couple of names: uh, Ronnie Laws, uh, Gene Kahn, Lonnie Liston Smith. Wayne Henderson and Joe Sample from the Crusaders and Roy Ayers. Uh, you know, when we met those guys and girl, mm-hmm. you know, can't, can't leave out Miss Khan, they were on their decline. They they want the pop, they want the shit no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was kind of perfect timing mm. for us to meet them. You know, we were on yeah. the radio, we were young yeah, and yeah. vigor. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they yeah. were on their decline. So. And so it was a natural mixture. Yeah, and so makes sense. What we didn't realize mm-hmm. is that they were imparting 50, 60 years of recording and dealing with the industry in us. Mm. And it's like we've become their personal historian. Yeah. So I realize it's more than the music. You know what I mean? It's 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 uh, social conditions. It's, it's time frames, you know, like... Uh, we we've done sh- we we we've done shows and created shows where we discuss the great black migration. You familiar with that? Slightly, but not enough to you know. In a nutshell, in 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 the years uh, leading up to World War Two, mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit after, you had a mass exodus of black folks from the deep south mm-hmm. going up north. Mm-hmm. But you know, we were able to first define what the great black migration was you know what i mean the three streams you think here in virginia north carolina south carolina Mm -hmm. they went to dc baltimore philly new york York, you know the deep south Mm -hmm. arkansas mississippi alabama and shit they went to the midwest louisiana oklahoma texas they went out west california California. yeah right right we did a show about, you know, the great black migration through a musical lens. Hmm. About the music that traveled from this place. So, you, you know, let's let's take Motown. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the temptation. Yes. Most of them were for Alabama. And they blew in Detroit. In Detroit. That shows you that Product migration. Of the great migration. Another dude, shout out to my man Dorian Harris. I think he went to Denby too. Denby or Ferguson, one of them, he a graduate. What? His father was real big at Philadelphia and the National. Mm-hmm. It was the label at Philly, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but he's from Virginia. His mm-hmm. father's from Virginia, but migrated to, to Philly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, that right there, man, you know, is, is when our gray heads him to me, uh, said, Gave us the highest compliment. He called us jazz musicians. We just don't play instruments. Word. That's valid, though. Y'all yeah, yeah. keeping the history intact. Keeping the history intact. Uh, preserving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maintaining it. Maintaining the integrity of it. And then yeah. carrying it on. You know, one of the things unique about our show, mm-hmm. you may hear some R&B. You may hear funk. You know, you may hear a lot of things, but, you know, we... We're able to look at jazz. You know, we're able to look at the music of the 20th century, the last half of the 20th century, mm-hmm. where the jazz lands. Yes, I, so, I, you I know, understand that. So, you know, recognizing the jazz elements within this music. And mm. It's a concept that we got uh, from this uh, great piano player named Ramsey Lewis. Mm-hmm. He, he coined... Uh, his producer on his, his radio show he had, Mark Ruffin, coined this phrase called the fourth stream of jazz. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mr. Lewis was saying that after listening to our show, and this was early on, because think we were playing hip-hop mm-hmm. in a jazz format, mm-hmm. that we embodied this fourth stream of jazz. And the whole concept was built around, and this was in the early 2000s, you know, jazz was in a flux with various different kinds of music, mm-hmm. whether it be old school R&B, hip-hop, funk, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? All of those were contributing to the jazz of a new generation. Or was the jazz contributing to that generation? So it, it, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a ping-pong type of relationship. I got you, I got you. So, gotcha. you know, uh, up there on the wall right there, you see a picture in the middle. Mm-hmm. So on the left, far left, mm-hmm. Ball head nigga man, my man Bink, shout out to him, mm-hmm. Grammy Award winning producer, work with Jay Z, he got a new joint on the Drake album and shit. Dope. Next to him is one of the Weldon's mentees and good friends, Lenny White. Awesome. All right, and the third person, so white dude, cool ass white dude named Jeff Lower, right? Yeah. And so around the time you you was getting out of high school and shit, mm-hmm. it was these CDs that was coming out called Hidden Beach Unwrapped. They were basically uh, some jazz dudes replaying hip-hop songs. Mm. And so Jeff redid Electric Relaxation by A Tribe Called Quest. Shit sound real crispy, you know, that yeah. shit snap. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And so I was asking him about it, and he was like, well, you know, it's a natural progression. They borrowed from us mm-hmm. by the samples. Now we're using the popularity of their music mm-hmm. to get our shine. And that made me look at that relationship with mm. hip-hop and jazz, you know what I mean? That with ping a different, pong, Yeah, that said. ping-pong, hitting it back and forth. Yeah, 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 word, yeah. Yeah, you know, the sam- the sampling thing. A lot of people don't look at it from that, that, that perspective, though, because a lot of people look at it as you're stealing or, you know what I mean, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we, we would face that, that a lot, you know, but you, if you study it, you bear witness to the wonders of it. 
Uh, a great example is a gentleman, uh, one of the best interviews I ever did, a guy that adopted me and my co-host, his name was Al Bell. And so uh, Al Bell was the former president of this label from back in the day called Stax Records. Okay. So the Staple Singers, Otis Redden, Isaac Hayes, I mean, a lot of hip-hop samples come from this group. And I'll give you an example, right? Mm-hmm. He said this, and I backed this shit up with some examples, and it really turned my... I was like, damn, this motherfucker's on point. Yeah. We talking about the... the... No, not him. This is another dude. His okay. name is Al Bell. You might want to put him in your Google machine. Okay. You know Al what I mean? Bell. Yeah, Al Bell, man. And so Mr. Bell said, hip-hop had done more for black music than all of the black music that came before it combined. And the example, I'll say that again, hip-hop had done more for black music than all the black music before it combined. You think so? Check this out. Right. <clears throat> In 1993, Salt and Pepper came out with a song called What a Man. Yeah. Well, I, I know that song. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty gun. Yeah, I know So that. to get the sample Older clear, sister. they no. called in Al Bell. Because the lady, her name is Linda Somebody. Uh-huh. And she had a group, was on Stax. They recorded that shit on Stax Records. What? So, you know, Al Bell helped to clear the sample. And it was then that he recognized the popularity of that Salt and Pepper song. The lady that who, whose original song was sampled, mm-hmm. she quit her day job and went back on the road touring. Damn. He, so, the the her letting it progress to what it was ended up even bearing fruit for her later down the line. You know what I mean? By not being so possessive over the set. Like, I, I look at it, man. When, when you create art and put it out to the world, if someone emulates that or takes that and morphs it into their art, I think it's a form of flattery, you know what I'm saying, and I I don't see a I don't see an issue with it. I mean that's that's my personal opinion. Now I'm I'm I don't make music like that, so you know what I mean I'm only speaking from my perspective. And I mean I do do photography, but even if I do photo, a lot of people I know a lot of photographers that get mad that if someone will copy that shit, like they will see your shit, see your shit, like oh I, should, I think that shit's dope, and they will go mimic it. I find that I'm cool with that. Like, you know what I mean? I'm cool with someone mimicking my photo. Even if you did it better, you did it better. Like, it is what it is. But the fact that I inspired you to even do that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that For me, you know. You know what I'm saying? That I'm on the right path. That I'm doing something. I'm inspiring people enough to want to emulate me. So I'm cool with that. And I, and I, I put that same lens on with the music that, yeah, you inspiring. You made something that someone wants to go back and use again. Yeah, like, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that what it's supposed to be? You know what I mean? To keep it growing? Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, you got to think, man, a lot of them original artists got burned back in the day. And now to see, you know, these young young guys come up not having to go through the classes and learn music. Mm-hmm. They get jaded. And yeah, yeah, you get some of that jaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the difference in welding and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He encouraged people to sample his music because he recognized... That unique situation offered him an opportunity to mentor and to, to get that new energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Broke, it kind of changed. It kind of changed. It changed black music. You That's know, from awesome. the people, the, the the jazz and R&B musicians that he mentored, you know. Uh, the welding tree is, is, is something else. 
That's awesome, bro. Like you, that's crazy. The history is right here, and you know what I mean. Like it's like a, it's like a dot connector, man. And then the shit that we don't know about, you know what I mean, that be right in front of our faces. So some of the dots we just can't connect. Like we we Look, see yo, things. Don't and, feel bad, right? My neighbor. Remember we went out back. My neighbor spoke. Yeah, yeah. He and his mom ain't know, and his mom knew him. That's crazy. He didn't even know the impact he had. How far it even went, you know what I'm saying? Had no fucking idea, man. But that's you know what I think people like that because I think that's, that's I think that's how it's supposed to be, man. People like that they 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 uh, invoke the most change. You you, you dig? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know he was Weldon was unorthodox and uh, how he did things. Uh, a lot of his life is still a mystery. You know, he passed away in 2002. Okay. And, uh, you know, he... It, it's... It's it's one of them things where I had... I've asked myself thousands of times, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Why, why did I get selected for this mission? Yeah, why, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, I the mean, whole what, why shit. What, what is it? Yeah, I mean, it's just so much shit that lines up. And then I, I'm realizing learning him turned me on to other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything uh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it like was that, right on that, schedule. That, that that old saying that everything aligned, how it aligns for a certain, for any reason. But once you, I think once you realize that, once you grasp that concept, you take life different. You handle life different. You handle what you experience different. Because then you realize a bad time might might not be a bad time. A bad time might be, it might turn out to be a great thing, a great lesson you learn, you know what I'm saying, on the back end of life. You know what I mean? Like, I use me getting shot as an example, right? Like, the fact, the small fact that I had people in my life that were killed in the streets and, you know what I'm saying, and, and through gun violence, right? The fact that I experienced that shit via them. When that situation happened, it saved my life. A little bit more aware. Yeah, I, it made me aware. It made me respond a lot faster. And ultimately, it saved my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a real way. Like, in a real way. Like, <laughs> like if I would have froze up, if I would have froze up in that moment, it would be a different story. Like, I would, hands down. But I say that to say, like, you know what I mean? And even all the people I've met over years, I, I look at it, oh, I met some random dude at the bar. I met this nah, random not, person not here, random, man. and I realized that those relationships sometimes, or those moments, the things I've learned in those moments, offer me perspective that I never had before, and that shit is so valuable to me because it it, it sheds some of the like unlearning is something I preach a lot. Like yeah, you got to unlearn a lot of shit. You got to be willing to unlearn. Yeah, a lot of shit like true. that. Like that shit, but that shit goes way deeper. And you can tell, you can reach back to how we, like how you said, like you no know, parents. Generation wise, they say, "Hey, don't curse and don't do that." Now the times have moved a little bit. Got to unlearn. Some you got to unlearn shit. some of that shit because times are different now. Kids have access to the internet. You can't stop them having access to curse words. That shit yeah. is asinine. Like they even think you can do that shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's too much social media shit to hide that shit from them. So when you position yourself in a position that they say, "Hey, I'm your parent," and you want them to shield them away from this this world. They're looking at you like, are you hiding stuff from me now? Because I know it exists. You just don't want me to to deal with that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it shift their perspective of of you. Like, well, shit, now it's some shit that I'm going to keep to myself because I don't want you to know. It's kind of like uh, 
when you found out there wasn't no such thing as Santa Claus. Yeah, I told my daughter early. No, you know what? I told my daughter the first. I told myself. I said, the moment she asked me, I, I won't lie to her. So no, I mean we 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 Santa Claus. My daughter was real young. I don't know if she if she had. I don't, I don't know. I did maybe four, three, four. She was real young, and she looked at. I remember in the car, she looked at me in the rearview mirror. She was like, "Daddy, is Santa Claus real?" I looked at her, and I remember that promise I made myself. I was like. Nah, but you know, in that moment, I'm thinking like, damn, she's going to be a heartbroken. She was like, I knew it. She was like, I already knew it. I was like, yo, you said you a mom buy me all them gifts. I'm like, yeah, we do. She's like, I knew it. And from that moment, that moment, Christmas took on a different meaning for us then. Because she started learning that it came from us. And so she was like, yo, fuck the gifts. Like, this Christmas time is about I get to spend time and people come over and we get to hang out and we cook good food and shit like that. So right. now she's just like, I don't care about the gifts for real. Like, I get to see everybody and. So that's the peace. value of it has shifted, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That's by, peace. Just by me being honest in that moment. Because sometimes you gotta keep up the facade because all the other kids and shit. I'm like, you know what most more important that she realized that I ain't gonna lie to her. No matter even if I'm I don't wanna hide anything from her. So when she asks yeah, me, I give it to her how real. it is. So she can always ask me, you know what I mean? And if she hears her, hear this shit later in life, you know what I mean? Like, listen, she can always come to me whatever. Cause I don't wanna meet you with judgment. You know what I mean? I wanna meet you with guidance. You know what I'm saying? Peace, yo. I can respect that right there. I can definitely respect that. It's hard, that. though. It's hard because the morals I've been instilled with. Because what my parents did and what their parents did, the, the type of discipline they I put mean, in you place. Know, just because it's old school, don't, one thing I learned, just because it's old school, don't make sure, don't make it, don't mean mm-hmm. that it was correct. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Or, or maybe it was correct then. Yeah, you know. Now different it's time. different times. Things are different. The world is different. Our kids are different. You know what I mean? The, the black mirrors, man, has taken over us. You know what I mean? Everybody look at a screen at every turn. Yeah. Everything you know. is being sold to us at every turn. Like, everything is just... It's a whole new world, man. It's a whole new world, bro. So, you know what I mean? We got we got to unlearn some of the ways that we was because speed limits change. Once it was 30, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> speed limits change. Speed limits change. I got to borrow that one right there. Yeah. Word, word, word. Yeah. We've we been sitting here for a minute. Let me see what we got. We got time stuff. We've been sitting here two hours, man. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. I just wanted to say, yo, bro, I appreciate your time, bro. Like, I know who I, I ain't knew who I was coming to meet before I met you. I'll be honest. Like, I knew he, Pizzo told me about you, but when people tell me about somebody else, I take it real small because you are who you are to him. You know what I mean? And you're going yeah, to be who right. you, yeah. you're going to be who you be to me. You know what I mean? He can fit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's and, a simple way. Yeah. And so yeah. when I approach shit, like, I come with a best, with a, with a clean slate. I don't, I'm like, man, I don't know who this person is. Shorty was like, you buddy, you ain't never talked to him. You don't know what y'all about to talk about? I said, nah. Like, I'd rather just me, homie, and you know what I mean? See what, what, what happened and who he is. But now that I sit here and met you, I can tell you face to face. Yo, I respect you. I respect your path that you've been on. I respect what you're Appreciate doing. It, yo, like, I respect your perspective on history and shit like that. Because now I can walk away from this shit looking at history different. Because like I told you earlier before we even got on the mic, before history in my mind was just an event. Was just event, a date. Like it had this happened on this date. This happened on this date. And I, I disconnected from that shit like So you know some some on that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little piece of jewelry you could take with you, man. You mm-hmm. know, all right. So let's say you know the event. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you know the event and the date. Look at it like this. When you use three, because three three the magic number and shit. Mm-hmm. You know you got what happened before mm-hmm. and got what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. So if you can put those three dots co- together, mm-hmm. you're good. Another way 
you know what I mean? A little jewelry you can use to look at history. Mm-hmm. Use back to that number three. Mm-hmm. You know, look at history in three folds. Text, context, subtext. Hmm. And so, you know what I mean? If you're, you're reading something, a historical source, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You can, you can put it in text mm-hmm. and you can put it in context. And then you can... Get the subtext. Get the subtext. I think this, what's the most the most valuable part of that is the subtext? Nah, I would say the context in which it is being relayed to you. So, you know, like it, it, it had me on the site for a few years back of uh, how is history written? And so, you know, it caused me to have to go back to when history was created. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, understand real history is like we go out here, cut down a tree mm-hmm. and look at the rings mm-hmm. or we go to the polar ice or we dig, you know, 10 feet down and mm-hmm. take a soil sample. Mm-hmm. We can see history. Word, the word. history in which we know in this society mm-hmm. is a, a, a literary work. Okay. It's not so much like a, 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 a record. It's a literary work. That's why, you know, when you read history and they talking about battles, it's always an even number of people killed. Hmm. Like a motherfucker walking around with a counter saying, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had uh, 999,000. <laughs> we got to get one more motherfucker to <laughs> make this shit round. Yeah, where, where, where? No, it, it, it's not it's like that. Than so, that. you yeah, know, yeah, think yeah. about history as a literary work. Mm. And so then that's why I was like the context. So you can look at something that's... What, what they call history and mm-hmm. put that into context. Hmm. Like if it's if it's somebody's journal, you know, for a great example, you know, with all of the Black Lives Matters and, you know, the, the racial unrest, the thing with the police, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people would talk a lot about slavery. And so I would ask folks, you know, before we have this conversation, have you ever read any slave narratives? Yeah, yeah. Where where's your perspective coming from? Where's your perspective coming from? Word. You know what I mean? Because if you read slave narratives, you're gonna have a wide perspective mm-hmm. on on slavery. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's gonna how you scratching. You know, I read some slave narratives where the motherfuckers had money. Word, yes. yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I, like damn, slaves had fucking money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. You know, and then you read about certain narrative, like okay, you know. uh one of the narratives I read at the university, because they went out, you know, at the beginning of the, the, the 19th century, mm-hmm. uh, 1900s, mm-hmm. and uh, surveyed, you know what I mean, interviewed former slaves. Mm-hmm. Hearing slaves talk about going from one place to the next. Hmm. Or working at the docks. Mm, and and it's a, it, that, that's a vision that we don't normally apply to. You know, you're thinking everybody's on the slave, I mean, mm. on the plantation, the roots yeah. type of thing. Yeah, that's why I'm like the context in which you're, you know, what you're, the, the document yeah, yeah. That, that's, that you're reading, the context in which it was written. Can you offer people that's listening to this like a way, a um, a way to filter through? A, I want to make sure I say this right. A, um, a convoluted version of history. Are there channels out there where we can go get history that's true, and not a version of history? You know what I'm saying? Being told, cause I, I think about the same thing in schools, right? The curriculum that we're being taught, or that that we've been taught, and they're teaching our kids, is 
a version of history that's told through someone else's lenses. It's it's probably I mean, not the ins and outs of what happened. So, where where do you have any resources to get people to go find history when it comes to even if it's just in the jazz realm? But I mean, you know, uh, the Google machine works well. You you have to know how to search. You know, uh, you know, back to my my homeboy. That's 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 God body, right? You know, we, I was telling him about uh, we we were talking about the Indian Removal Act of the eighteen thirties, and it was signed by the guy that's on your twenty dollar bill, Andrew Jackson. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, this this Indian Removal Act freed up the land in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Arkansas. That's how those states really became the cotton-producing states because they moved the Indians west on the Trail of Tears to Oklahoma. And when you say move, like mean get the fuck out of they Dodge. For, they forced them out of Forced there. March, the Trail of Tears. Put that in the Google machine. Word. And so, you know, I, I we looked at, we were talking about who voted for the Indian Removal Act mm-hmm. and what he found versus what I found mm. was a little bit different. The slight difference was, yeah, we both found, you know, the the the, the congressional transcript of the senators who voted for it. Yeah. I just looked at each senator mm. and put slavery by their name. And see if they were actually slave owners. Oh, what connection? What what the Google machine yeah, would yeah, lead yeah. me yeah. to find out about them? Where, where, so where? then, you know, you start to see people up north, northern senators, mm-hmm. who had southern interests mm. and voted for that. Hmm. Hmm. And so you 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 that's putting shit in context. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So you can get the subtext. Yeah, makes sense. So you know, uh, you know, here in Virginia, there changing the names of streets and schools and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I Thomas Nelson, they changed the name. I was at an event Friday, mm-hmm. a lady that worked over at Thomas Nelson. I was like, damn, he had slaves? She was like, yeah, 47. So, ma'am, I had to type Thomas Nelson name in mm-hmm. slavery. Yeah, yeah. See what the fuck came up. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So if you just type in Thomas Nelson, it's going to give you the generic thing and shit, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You putting in certain words mm, will, will dictate what you get back on your search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it, it's just like Black Panthers. Like you, you, you put in Black Panther. Oh, you will get the movie now. You get the movie now. You know what I'm saying? You don't get the where that shit originated from. You know nah, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, that's a far-fetched concept for folks. And so yeah. you can see the further you get away from things, the more it changes. So think if that... You know, a, a a good a good a not a a good example is you know, you figure I was twenty when Tupac was killed, mm-hmm. and twenty one when Biggie was killed, hmm. right? And so to see the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that shit ain't happened like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so just think, if if I'm saying that about some shit that they're making a movie about in my lifetime, yeah, that yeah. give you an idea of how you look at the past. Yeah. Yeah, you start, you start, you start questioning how you've been looking at it like, hold on, hold on, well, has this other shit been like this? You know what I mean? Was it really like that? You know what I mean? Or had this perspective has been, been fed to us as being this way? Yeah. You know what I mean? We, yo, it's crazy because when you look back on the 90s, the 90s was a wild time. 
the night like the the era of the nineties, like the rules of society were what they would deem now is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? People would be be in the streets protesting about some of the shit that's going on in the nineties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was just like I said, the speed limit was different during that time period. Different speed limit, yeah, man. Speed yeah. limit, man. So things were things were different. But you know what I mean? We we go back and we we look at the shit that we did during that time frame and then we check it like damn, like, you know what I'm saying? That shit was kinda I mean, yeah, you check yourself, you grow. Yeah, you grow. You know what I mean? And so for anybody that's that likes to study history or wants to study history, the know the sources of the information that you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's super important. A real good source of, of historical information mm-hmm. are journals and letters. Because hmm. they the people that was fucking right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, valid. And so, you know, even though it may be slanted to one side, mm-hmm. you get a real in-depth feeling. You know, um, I grew up, man, looking at G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Right, that was my shit. I love some G.I. Joe. So, you know, in the mid-early 2000s, you know, they started putting them cartoons from the 80s box at DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at it one time, and uh, one of the guys who created G.I. Joe talked about, uh, you know, how they uh, approached history. And so think, you know, G.I. Joe wasn't fighting the Russians, no communists. Mm-hmm. It was just Cobra. A terrorist organization. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the guy was talking about history. He said one of the most profound things to me. He said, you know, looking at history is like looking at the water or the ocean. And so, you know, mm-hmm. smoke this over. He said, you know, you've been in the military, so you've flown over the ocean. Mm-hmm. You look down, mm-hmm. shit look peaceful, don't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm under that, you, mom. You real that. further. You, you far away from it. Mm-hmm. So, you ever been on a boat in the ocean? Oh, yeah. You look down, you see some little ripples, but mm-hmm. it ain't that bad. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The ship will sway a little bit, but it ain't that bad. Mm-hmm. But you're a little bit closer to the water mm-hmm. than when you are in the plane. Mm-hmm. If you ever been like in a life raft or a little dinghy, that shit is a different story. A whole story. other different story. And then <laughs> yeah. imagine if you in the shit with no life reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valid, valid. I get your point. Word. So yeah, looking at the ocean is like looking at history. The further you're away from it, the cleaner shit gets. You, you know, a logic that I, you know what I mean, I guess it was flawed, you know what I mean, in hindsight, that I had with history is that history is nothing but agreed upon lies. That yeah. that that's what that's the frame that I put history in. I was like, because somebody gonna tell the best version, you know what I mean, of the history of who who writes these stories, who gets to, you know what I mean, who usually gets to write it, the person that wins. The person that wins is the person that gets to write the that's outcome. I was like, history, what we would know of history mm-hmm. is a literary work. I got you. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not it's not what it's not a factual record. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It's literary, it's books. Hmm. That's why they always tell historians, you're not a real historian until you write a book. It becomes a literary work. Hmm. Valid. Okay. I get that. I never look at it from that perspective, you know what I mean? Look, man, I, that's something I just stumbled on in the past two years. The more I started to study uh, Rome, mm-hmm. the Empire and the Republic, and mm-hmm. and and how our society is based off of their society. You know what I mean? Uh, 
in so many levels, man. All, you know, because shit, English is a bastard language. So a lot of our words, the root of the word, are Latin. Yes. You know what I mean? And so then if you look back at the Roman meaning and origin of that word, you mm-hmm. can see what it was really meant for. Yeah. And you can see how it plays out in our society. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I learned about how the Romans wrote their history. And so realizing that, I was like, damn, that shit carried on after the fall of the Roman Empire, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, into, you know, the Byzantine Empire, yeah. you know, to the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, the Age of Discovery and Renaissance, you know what I mean, on up to the birth of America and shit. You know, that's, I mean, that's our history. That's why you know uh, George Washington chopped down the cherry tree and shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Mm-hmm. That kind of shit. Betsy that kind of Ross shit. in that damn... That's why, because it's a literary work. It's a story. Mm, that happened during a period. It's an allegory. Hmm. You know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, where, where these people in history had these supernatural strengths and shit. And realize the motherfuckers put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rough right. stink in the morning. Yep, just like they, you. They Lead just food, like you. They had mud butt on the toilet yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you a thousand percent. Yeah, we all the same out here, man. Shit, yo. It's been a great conversation, bro. Like, um, again, bro, I appreciate you. No doubt, man. Yo, yo, your past is uh, it's impressive, bro. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, I I admire people that teach. You know what I mean? They want to teach, especially the youth. You know what I mean? In any form or fashion, if you try to put some information and knowledge out to this world, especially if it's to make people better people or just to teach people lessons in life, especially how you approach teaching and shit like that, yo, that shit is, you know what I mean? Round of applause, my G. Like, you know what I mean? Appreciate much, it, much respect for that. You know Remember, what I mean? Remember, man, you invest in people, man. You know, you reap hell of benefits. Mm-hmm. I agree. We die twice in life. You know what I mean? Once when your soul leaves your body, and once when the last person who knew who who knew who you was dies. Oh, where you get that from? You know what? I I can't even remember. I I've been saying that shit for years, years now. Where it originated from is so muddy. I think I got it. I, I really don't even remember at this point. But I've been saying it for so I, you know what for a long time. Like damn, I was with uh, one of my brother boys this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I believe, day for all these days running together. But Fact. he had two of his granddaughters with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we looking at them. They one, one and a half. Mm-hmm. I think one and maybe two. And uh, I was like, man, damn, they be 20 or 21 in 20 years. <laughs> and he was like, damn, I'd be four, uh, 20, 41, 20, 42. And she yeah, so yeah. was talking. And hearing you say that, they might be some of the last people you know what I mean? They might. Yeah. So affecting people. Affecting people and creating ripples in his life. I preach the shit that especially the young people I run into, yo. Create ripples. Affect people. You know what I mean? Especially if it's for the better. Or if it's for growth and shit like that. That's why I say I have so much admiration for people like you that approach teaching and, and helping people grow with the perspective you approach it from. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I believe that that shit is so valuable because you live so, you, you know what I mean? Like I said, you, your life is so much longer. You you take somebody on the extreme men like Will Smith or Shaq, these icons, you know what I'm saying? And they're going to live a long time after they're gone, you know what I mean? 
And a lot of that shit, especially somebody like Shaq, is because of the shit that he did. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the people that not he affected. He not what he had. It don't, you know what I'm saying? It don't That shit really, we all know that shit don't really matter what you have. The people that you affect and how you affect them is what really matters and, and what really gives you life for longevity. And, and you know what I mean? Once your soul leaves your body. Yeah, that's what they're talking about at your funeral, as my uncle said. Word, what you did, not not what you got, not you know what I'm saying, not what you planned on doing, what you did, who you affected, how you affected them. That's that's the only thing that really matters. So affect people because you want. You know what I mean, you got two lives to worry about out here. When you gone, you have a different life. People gonna talk about you when you gone. What they gonna say when you gone? I'm still you feel tripping. Me? You said you had two deaths. Fact, it is. You know what I mean, you die twice. Die twice when the last person yep. that knew you dies. Yeah, and so I mean that 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 got my mind moving. Like uh, you know, sometimes I be looking at document. It was a a George Washington Carver documentary, mm-hmm. and they were they had some lady on. She was probably in her nineties, mm-hmm. and she was a little girl when he was working at Tuskegee and shit. But think, you know what I mean? She was a little girl, so she won't in on no staff meetings. Mm-hmm. She ain't know about him putting together lesson plans. She didn't even take his class. She was just a little girl that was around him. Mm-hmm. But her value increased that much over time mm-hmm. that she wanted the last living people to have been able to say, yeah, I touched him before. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He held my hand. Mm-hmm. He walked me here. He did this for me. Knew the sound of his voice. Mm-hmm. Modern technology uh, extended that because we have yeah, things can, we can, can leave behind the now. Voice, yeah. yeah, you can cat like this is gonna live forever. This conversation, you know what I'm saying? It'll live forever. You know what I mean? And and, and how I do all my shit. Like I got this thing that I, I've, I've talked about it on my podcast before, but um, about I talk to my daughter, not not only in real time, but I talk to her via. And then, like, we have, a, I have an email address that I email, and I send her emails, and I sometimes voice messages and shit like that. But that's going to be forever. You know what I mean? Some, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's Jews that I pick up. Sometimes it's reversal on Jews that I've picked up or that I've said earlier in some of these messages that is a new lesson. Now I look at this shit different. Now I'm a little older. You know what I mean? I've been doing it for a minute. This perspective has changed now. You know what I mean? But I could, this is something I'm creating for her. It's going to be forever. She will always have it. And it can live on, and she can pass on to her grandkids, and I can extend my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Based yeah. on this media thing that I, that I, that technology has given me the gift to create. So, but just to wrap it up, man. I again, I appreciate the time. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, I appreciate the lesson, man. I, I appreciate the growth. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this for you, Lee. What, yeah, what's what, what you learned? What stood out to you? What What I've learned from this conversation, what stood out to me is. Um, My perspective on history, how how I look at the ones that came before me. Because before, like you said, I was looking at it as a number of the day you did this one thing. <laughs> now I realize that the story might be, you know what I'm saying, it's intertwined. And, it, and that's the, what I realize is that it's the same, it's attached to the same motive that I, I rock with my own self. You know what I mean? Like the same thing that I value in my own life. It aligns with the story about it. Like I, in certain ways, I look at my mother at one point, right? How she raised us and what she did, right? And then when I learned about my grandmother and how she raised her, it made sense. It made sense. And once it made sense, it was just like, oh shit! 
and so like it's the same thing now I'm realizing that when I looked at history before it might be a oh shit moment like when you told me about this house right here you sharing this man's birthday how you, you know what I mean the beat sample thing that led you back to that all that shit now you right here this close and then you got this you got the show going on with the history of jazz and you know what I mean the history is so rich here just and then Tribe Called Quest and all the, all the dots you kind of connected for me just like damn some of the history shit that I kind of would overlook before, maybe I need to slow down because there might be some value there. I might learn something that I ain't never know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, man. Because knowledge is wealth. I mean, once you learn something, that shit could be, that don't got nothing to do with books since, you know what I mean? Same thing when I learned about my grandmother and learned the shit that she went through as a youngin'. Yeah, I, I started well. connecting the dots and being like, oh shit. Then I started seeing it in myself. Then I once I started seeing some of the shit that I picked up from this from the toxic shit that was passed down to me, it made me be aware of it. So when man I got a daughter, somebody else that I got to go about passing along something to, now I'm super aware of it. Break the you know generational I mean? I can break curve. that chain. Yeah, I can break that chain, and that and that for me is so valuable. So the the perception now that I have of history, it just you know what I'm saying. Hopefully that shit starts with me be like, let me open up. And realize what 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 did this shit come from more? And I mean, yeah, I mean, think any anything, any his, historical documentary or some shit that you look at, there's some facts in it. It's it's, a, it's, it's definitely some mm-hmm. truth in it. You know, you just got to put it in context. Yeah, the context part is, is the most thing that because, like you said, it's all about context. Like you know, what I mean, somebody saying like, oh yeah, a famous guy that used to be in jazz used to live here. Oh cool, and now could have been the end of it. Now, if I hear, like, yo, this guy, this the sample that connected this, and he had this person been here, Common been here, Q-Tip been here, X, Y, Z. Now, I'm like, oh, shit, now it's taking on a whole different meaning to me now. It means something to it you. It means something to me now, like, damn. And then I'm from here, so that even means something even more. It's like, exactly. damn. Exactly. And, and look, don't feel bad, man. It's, no, it's, it's been not a bad. I, I, I value these moments because I feel like, I be needing this shit because then it, it, it makes shit real for me. It may, be hundreds, it, been hundreds of people, man, who pass by that shit every day. You know what I mean? Life is and limitless, bro. Ain't no right up under their nose. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like life is so limited that I mean, it's 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 so un it's so, it's so limitless. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Life is so limitless, and you don't need much to be to reach these bounds. Like you could be a guy right here, in, right downtown Hampton. You know what I'm saying? On the corner. And affect some of the biggest changes in the world, man. And what what I value today, you tell me Trial Call Quest and Nina Simone. Like, what? We talking about legends, you know what I'm saying? When you said Trial Call Quest, I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? You ain't even got to mention nobody else because I know what that is from hip hop. Like, I grew up on that. Like, they were the ones that's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Coolie High and, you know what I'm saying? That whole era and shit. Like, I used to be into all that shit. So when you tell me that, I'm like, damn, that shit was, that, we, we got a part of that right here in Hampton. You know what I mean? That shit just emboldened me. Like, you know what? I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do because ain't no limitations out here. None, man. None. None you can do whatever all. you want to do. You know what I mean? So that, that's that's the that's the biggest part. Um, yeah, man. Shit, that's about it, bro. Should wrap it up. You know what I mean? Hit stop. Appreciate everybody tuning in to the Unorthodox Haven. Um, yeah, man. I don't, I don't got no fancy, no exit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Outro, no shit like that. You know what I mean? Got no magic line. Nah, no magic line, man. Just peace, be well, y'all. You know what I mean? Uh, peace and positive energy to everybody. Take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul. You know what I mean? Remember, uh, health can't buy you wealth. Ask Steve Jobs, for real. Um, take care of yourself. Be mindful what you put in your body, uh, what you put in your brain, what you put in your system, your overall being, what you put into your soul. Um, 
be conscious of that because that shit, uh, it affects you so many ways, you know what I mean? And so many ways that we kind of just kind of glaze over. So I guess that's my outro. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. And uh, until next time, peace.